25. Welcome to Friday. 
October 28, day of our Lord 2022. Good morning, bonjour, buenos dias. This is the City Breakfast Show. Live on your dial 97.3 FM. Broadcasting from Madabraka to every corner of the world. On the wings of citynewsroom.com. A song of praise to thank our maker for seeing us through the week. Song titled Akbedaha. Many, many thanks for joining us. We do appreciate your time. We appreciate the fact that you are with us. Send us a message on 0549-986-996. Show runs till 10 a.m. My name is Nathan Cobb. sitting in for Bernard Avlet. Sanona bringing you the biggest breakfast in town. We start off with our business sense. Business sense brought to us by ADB. Now ADB's got the payday plus. The payday plus is for salaried workers whose paychecks go through ADB. You can access up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next monthly salary. Remember, there's no interest on repayments within 30 days. And guess what? Your money hits your account the same day. For further inquiry, call Meredith on 0243-273-369 or now on 0244-284197. ADB truly a great and more. And our business sense today comes from Erskine Bowles. Erskine Bowles says, Leadership is the key to 99% of all successful efforts. Leadership is the key to 99% of all successful efforts. So, almost everything that has worked, has worked because of leadership. Has worked because of the fact that there is somebody leading, there is somebody driving the vision, there is some learning, there is a coalescing of people around that common vision. So nothing works because you have great people. It works because you've got great leaders. Or the institution of leadership is very, very functional. So as we wrap up the week, think about that. Chew on that and, you know, think about the next week. If you want to have a successful effort, the key is leadership. Because leadership is the key to 99% of all successful efforts. That's our business sense. Brought to us by ADB. Coming up next is the newspaper review. This is the City Breakfast Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.
City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. So listening to City Breakfast Show. Coming up next is the newspaper review. Brought to us by Fidelity Bank. They've got the Sikaboom promo to help you navigate these very dark times of financial uncertainty and a financial crunch. All you have to do is just visit the Fidelity Bank branch. If you don't have an if you don't have an account, just open one. If you have one, deposit 300 CDs. And maintain that or multiples of it in your account in the promo period, and then you could be a winner. There's a hundred thousand CDs on the table for you to win in the grand draw, which is sometime in 2023. So open your Fidelity account and make that deposit today. T's and C's apply. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. But if they don't change their ways, not maintaining your car will make it age faster. That's why you need quartz engine oil in that engine. Designed with age resistance technology and it can fight mechanical wear up to 74%. Even under the most extreme temperature and pressure. If you choose quartz engine oil from Total Energies, you are choosing the engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and younger for longer. And Kelchako Toothpaste also bringing us the newspaper review. Properly designed and put together by Samara Company Limited. It's been approved by the FDA and it's been formulated and put together well to give you all the goodness. Whiter teeth, fresher breath, stronger gums, and it helps prevent cavity as well. So get to your neighborhood shop and pick up your box or two or three of, of Kelchako toothpaste. Kelchako toothpaste, happy smile.
Right, let's get into the papers. Let me welcome the guys, uh, Caleb Kuda and Gottfried Akutobuafu. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Good morning. We're doing good well, morning, we're Nathan. doing well. We're in good health. Alrighty, alrighty, alrighty. What are the papers telling us this morning? Well, let me start from the front page of the Daily Graphic. Then, mm-hmm. Media Freedom Paramount uh, is the story that they have on their front page. And then, uh, YEA to recruit 15,000. I saw this earlier in the week, two days ago. Community protection assistance. Uh, Yoko joins task force to grow mineral royalties. Okay. Now, the Ghanaian Times. Transport fares up by 19%. Public expresses mixed reactions. President to address nation on economic challenges on Sunday. Speaker unhappy with Supreme Court for ruling without consulting House. BOG closes down to Forex Bureau for flouting forest exchange rules. And lawyer proprietors jailed six years of a child adoption. Front page of the Herald newspaper, majority leader sets NPP ministers up for persecution as he releases names of petitioners to president. Mahama Rabishis Akufado's three-week grace period for Ken Oforiata coming from uh, his uh, address yesterday. Baumia kicks against excessive importation, suggests ways to resolve economic crisis. And minority gets dates for finance minister's removal, but Afenia Markin objects to move. The finder of Oriata to finish key government businesses as majority MPs yield to President plea to hold on. Job opportunities abound in Africa's energy sector. Petrosol CEO says UN to commit $500 million to Ghana from 2023 to 2025. BOD revokes licenses of trade house and Airport City Forex Bureaus. For page of the Republic Press, at a forcing diagnosis, economic crisis, Mahama calls out to Foriata. Uh, Baumia's speech is on the front page of the paper. Mm. The president addressing the nation on Sunday also on the front page of the paper. Don't dare to campaign at Adjuman <laughs> Crime. Residents warn MP, mm. DCE, overfilled promises. Hey, Adjuman Crime. <laughs> then, of course, fuel prices have shut up. That also makes it to the front page of the paper. Yeah, the new weekend crusading guide, restoring economic stability, discussion with groups fruitful and smooth. Opong Nkoma says, great opportunities are born in adversity. Magdan, negative speculation affecting first market. Coca is saying, and our water bodies should be clean by March 2023. Honorable Duca throws challenge to Ghanaians. The front page of the Daily Analyst deals with the President's address. And JJA marks uh, the new admin. They've marked 100 days mm-hmm. in office. They mm-hmm. say they've transformed the press center. Uh, Sashi Water hit 60 pesos mm-hmm. from October. First, the full bag, now costing 10, 10 Ghana CDs. Parliament should be decisive on Ajoasafo, <laughs> says Inu Safuseni. The Inquisitor. 7 million Ghana cities missing gala cash puzzle. Explosive audio tells it all. Face-saving hatchet job for Ken Plotted. We have not endorsed a CAD minority. Um, COA supports GJA awards with 500,000 Ghana cities. These are stories making headlines on the Inquisitor. Finally, from me, the front page of the BNFT, uh, there's a feature by Isaac Adongo. Okay. It says, Economic Woes, real source of our democracy's decay. Uh, also, updates from the Ghana Economic Forum. Experts are beat about future of domestic startup ecosystem. And another story, to industrialize, we must balance finance, skilled workforce. And then BOG, they've revoked licenses of two forex bureaus in Accra. Okay, if you go online, citynewsroom.com says... Um, 
Nana Doma must take control of economic management team. That's according to former President Mahama. Yesterday he spoke at the UPSC auditorium. He goes on to say, Sack of Oriata, IMF talks, 2023 budget can proceed without him. And uh, at a force into government, your Mickey Mouse debt restructuring will hurt Ghana. Interesting. And NDC's chief buy me to pick it at Baumia's office today. And the president is admitting times are hard. So that's also coming to you on citynewsroom.com. If you go to citybusinessnews.com, they say JICA concludes cohort two of the Ninja program with Demo Day. Quarter 3, 2022, UBA's gross earnings hit nine, uh, 608 billion naira, okay? Uh, Professor Buckman says, sacking of Royata not enough. Size of government must also be reduced. So that's coming from uh, Professor Buckman. They're not too happy with all of those things. Former President Mahama is also on my joy online. Our economic mess is because of an untouchable finance minister. And they say, blackout in Tema as traditional spectacle sets chief's funeral in motion and if you go international the bbc has godfrey's very good friend elon musk there mm. says elon musk completes 44 billion dollar twitter takeover so that's also mm, there. yes and there's a feature that says how the world's richest person bought twitter and uh, those are some stories plus on a sporting note very troubling story from italy one dead an arsenal player hurt in italy stabbing so pablo mari on luna monza was caught up in that episode but his agent says he's not seriously injured, even though he was stabbed. Okay, um, let's let's get into the papers. You have okay, the, I have um, got John Mahama. Okay, yes. the papers don't have John Mahama. Yeah. Okay, so John Mahama spoke last night, and a number of stories um, have been made out of his speech. Let's start off with the first one, which talks about uh, the economic management team. Former President John Mahama has said it will not be enough for the finance minister Ken Ofriata to be replaced. The former president wants a Kufuado to quote reconstitute and take control of the economic management team himself, end quote, which is normally headed by the vice president. Mr. Mahama, in his address on the state of the economy, said the finance minister's position was currently untenable. Some majority MPs had called for the dismissal of Mr. Ofriata and the minister of state at the finance ministry, Charles. So that is one angle from John Mohammed's speech. The other angle from that particular speech also has to do with um, Kessel forcing And he talks about government's plan to restructure debt. Let's not forget that it's also on the table. It's something that we have um, mentioned here and several experts have also stated that it is an option for the government. The minority spokesperson on finance, Kessel forcing um, has taken a swipe at the president and his economic management team as the government works to restructure the country's debt. Describing the move as a Mickey Mouse one, Atoforsen warned that the way and manner the government wanted to go about the restructuring would hurt Ghanaians. He says, quote, Mr. President, please be aware that a Mickey Mouse form of debt restructuring will hurt Ghana big time. Your debt restructuring must not target domestic creditors. It will destroy us. He said at an, at an event dubbed Building the Ghana We Want. So, uh, those are some of the stories there. Plus, the president has also admitted that times are hard. That's mm. also on citynewsroom.com. Let me give you that, and then we can get into other stories. Mm-hmm. So, the president says he's much aware of the difficulties Ghanaians are facing in the uh, facing uh, in these times. The president says the government is working to mitigate the plight of the citizenry. And he said, quote, I've seen the difficulties that our currency has been having. I've seen the difficulties and dramatic rise in price levels, significant rise in the cost of living, and difficulties generally 
in the manner the economy is rising. And he was speaking to journalists at the Jubilee House. And he said he would need the support of all if he would uh, turn the situation around. Okay, then let me take you to Parliament, where the finance minister is also in the news. Majority have raised objection to a motion of censor to remove him. A uh, story by Daniel Kinus says that uh, the majority in Parliament has raised a preliminary objection on the motion of censure filed by the minority leader, Renai Drisu, for the removal of the finance minister, Keno Foyata, saying the full facts needed to be made available to the minister in order not to spring surprises on him. The motion is embedded with a seven-point allegation as grounds for the removal of the minister. Among the seven points allegations embedded in the motion were conflict of interest, ensuring that the minister directly benefited from Ghana's economic woes as his companies received commissions and other unethical contractual advantage, particularly from Ghana's debt overhang. President Akufuado to address the nation on the economic challenges on Sunday. Now, story by Yaoche, President Nana Dodanko Akufuado will on Sunday address the nation on the economic challenges the nation is facing and the measures his administration is putting in place to address the situation. He's expected to give an update on the ongoing discussion with the International Monetary Fund IMF on an economic recovery program and the measures the government is putting in place to address the rapid fall of the Ghana city already. The president has met with some Jubilee House in Accra to deliberate on the IMF program and to seek their input and suggestions. Now, in other news, transport fares are up by 19% and the public is expressing mixed reactions. For example, if you're uh, coming from Kasua Malam to Accra, as of Thursday, October 27, which is yesterday, you were charged 9 CD 40 pesos as fares from Kaswa to Circle instead of the usual 7 CDs 50 pesos. Now, you're being charged 5 CDs 50 pesos from La Paz to Circle. It used to be 4 CD. That's 1 CD 50 pesos increase. Now, fare from Circle to Tishi, which used to be 3 CDs 80 pesos, is now 5 CDs. Meanwhile, Ghanaian Times observed that commercial vehicle operator station at Odona and new plant stations at Circle Accra had not started charging the new fares yet. So the increment was supposed to take effect from tomorrow, but we are learning from Ghanaian Times that some uh, drivers have started charging the increase already. Let me take you to the BNFT. They have a lot of uh, stories that uh, are related to the economic problems we are having. The Ghana Economic Forum, for instance, has been discussing a lot of these topics. So, for instance, on page two, to industrialize, we must balance finance, skilled workforce. The country's industrial travels can be put to bed if the right balance between access to cheap patient capital and the requisite skills training can be struck, experts have said at the 11th Ghana Economic Forum. Uh, they then go on to give a couple of proposals. So, for instance, uh, 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 focusing on why mm-hmm. uh, industrialization has eluded the country and why initiatives like 1D1F have failed to make a significant uh, impact, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Linus Kumi, who is head of corporate banking at GCB, for instance, spoke about some of the reasons. Uh, he says, for instance, that uh, Lack of patient capital, noting that local lenders typically do not have the type of long-term credits needed to support the country's industrialization. He have explained that pension funds, usually long-term in nature, can provide a lasting solution, but only if the law 
can be amended for the funds to be used to finance long-term infrastructure and industrialization projects. Now, also from that, experts are a bit about future of the domestic startup ecosystem. But more worrying is mm. that, that the, the country crisis, faces though. food crisis mm. as reserves decline. This is coming from the CEO of uh, Pharma Global. Gather risk a major food crisis at any f- future eventuality as the current national food stock data suggests reserves hold just about 8.2% of major staples consumed locally. This is coming from uh, Fred Kukubo. This development implies that there could be severe hunger for the country's 30 million population. Should there be any serious crisis similar in magnitude to the ones recently experienced during the COVID-19 pandemic and the Russia-Ukraine war? So uh, some interesting stories for mm. uh, read, uh, listeners to check out. The BOG, of course, have revoked the licenses of two yeah. Forex bureaus in Accra, the two companies, Trade House Forex Bureau Limited and Airport, Airport City, City Forex Bureau, mm-hmm. which are not the same ownership according to head of other financial institutions, supervision department at the BOG, Yao Sapo, says they are not complying with some provisions under the law within which they operate. Good friend. And the finder, Nathan, uh, plugging in some more into a great government seeking legislation to ensure banks support a great. Now, the Ministry of Food and Agriculture is seeking legislation that will make it compulsory for lenders to dedicate at least 20% of their loan portfolios to agricultural sector. The move is to overcome banks' reluctance to extend credit to the agricultural sector. The Minister of Food and Agriculture, Dr. Frio Usuakuto, said the banks needed to help in the development of the agricultural sector. The ministry, he disclosed, is currently awaiting approval from Cabinet to design the policy that will make it compulsory for banks to set aside a certain percentage of their loan books to finance agriculture quote. Over the last decade, lending to agriculture by financial institutions averaged 3.5%. A proposal for legislation requiring commercial banks to increase loanable funds to agriculture has been sent to Cabinet. When approved, we will go to Parliament with a bill to make a law that can compel banks in the country to at least earmark 20% of their loans into the agricultural sector, he said. Well, I've heard some bankers talk about this and they've been laughing. If you have a look at some of the financial mm-hmm. statements of the, of the banks, you notice that lending to agriculture is so, like, it's not on their plate at all. Some of them lend very, very minimal portions of their money to the agri-sector. Anyway, anyway, let me take you to the Republic Press and let me take you to a Tremont Crime. Right, okay, what's happening there? Don't, the, don't step foot here. Yeah, they say don't come there. <laughs> yeah. Now, information reaching Republic Online indicates that angry residents of a Tremont Crime community in the Tremont will be just south district of the Ashanti region have warned the MP, Mr. Ajay Anre, and his DC, Mr. Amwa Ewuku, not to come to their community to campaign. According to the residents, the two politicians have failed to deliver on their promise of constructing a good road network linking the community. Quote, we are disappointed in the NP and DC and the new patriotic party government for failing to deliver on their campaign promises of tiring the road in the area. You see the photo of the road in the area. Hi! Everybody has problems. Mm. This problem. <laughs> <laughs> this road, yeah. yeah. Okay, totally. let's go to the court. Uh, just, let's go to the court. Now, the high court sitting in Accra, this story is on myjoyonline.com. Um, yesterday, um, I acceded to a request by the former boss of the PPA, remember him, Mr. Ajenim Boatingeje, for his passport to be released to him to enable him renew his British visa and to travel for business. Now, in granting this request, the court added that he should deposit a copy of the passport at the office of the registrar of the court after renewing the visa. And the court further reminded him that the trial would begin on November 29 
and that he needed to be present for court proceedings. Mr. Boating Eji and his brother-in-law, Mr. Francis Kweku Ahim, are standing trial on corruption and corruption-related offenses. Uh, mm. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, call yeah, come and right. put the passport there. The mass lock boss say the travel count and no count. They'll be waiting forever a long time. <laughs> <laughs> they said they'll, they'll try it in absentia. Wager Dam uh, opened again. Five wow. days okay. to spill barely a month after massive floods. So this story is on the Inquisitor page number five. Barely a month after the massive dam spillage from the Wager Dam that caused flooding in many homes in the area, some gates of the dam have been reopened. A statement from the Office of the Member of Parliament for Wager Baretina Gifty Mensa indicated that as of Thursday morning, some five gates with uh, levels totaling 47.9 feet have been opened to spill water out of the dam. The notice further cautioned residents in the area and its environs to be on the lookout and to vacate all their residences, shops and the likes to avoid any casualties. So, Wager Dam being spilled again. Okay, so on the Kaswa Meta trial, uh, you would remember that the two, yes, this yes. about the two teenagers who allegedly murdered a 10-year-old boy. Yes. So that story made national headlines yes, some time so ago. Well. All right, so on page 26 of the Daily Graphic, there's an update of that story. It says, State prosecution will rely on six witnesses to adduce evidence to prove his case in the trial in which two teenagers have been accused of the murder of a 10-year-old boy at Kaswa for money rituals. The prosecutor, Senior State Attorney Nana Dumao, say, who discloses while addressing the newly constituted jury for the trial and the court, said the prosecution to the witnesses will demonstrate to the court that the accused persons intentionally caused harm to the deceased by hitting him with a club of a pickaxe and cement block. Now, the 15-year-old suspect has pleaded guilty to the charge of conspiracy but pleaded not guilty to the charge of murder. The 18-year-old suspect, on the other hand, pleaded not guilty to both charges. The court has, however, entered a plea of not guilty for the 15-year-old suspect because the offence was conspiracy to murder and, as a result, had to be tried by the jury. Also on the same page, a Nigerian pimp, mm. uh, <laughs> mine victim, has been sentenced to a five-year jail term by the Hohoi Circuit Court for Human Trafficking. Mm. An accomplice of Victor, who is the second accused and only known as Cash, is at large, according to the prosecution. The court uh, was told that the accused lured two young dancers aged 18 and 19 from Nigeria to Ghana, assuring them of lucrative entertainment contracts on arrival. However, after the unsuspecting teenagers arrived at Medina in Accra on October 18 this year, the accused told them they were going to work for her as sex slaves. Hmm. Yeah, but hold on. So, hmm. they were sent to a where apparently uh, the sex trade is booming hey. in Hohoi. I have to get the report there. Oh That's serious. Yeah. Alrighty, let, let's talk about sachet water. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, now effective Monday, October 31, sachet water will be sold at um, 0.60, which is 60 pesos. The 500 ml bottled water will also be retailed at 2 CD 50 pesos, mm-hmm. while the medium sized bottle will go for 3 CD 50 pesos, and the 1.5 liter bottle of water will sell at 5 CDs. This was contained in a statement. Uh, put out by the National Association of Sachet and Packaged Water Producers. They came out yesterday. The new prices, the association says, are due to the continuous increases in the cost of production inputs as a result of the depreciation of the city against the major trading currencies. Now, the National Executive Committee of NASPAWAP, which is the National Association of Sachet and Packaged Water Producers, therefore recommends the following price reviews of bottled and sachet 
water. Hey. My concern is by the time the CD stabilizes properly, be behind, everything yeah, yeah. would have gone up and prices never come down. will never come. come down, you see. So, it means that now if you have one CD, you can't me. even buy two sachets it of water. Really worries me. You can only buy one. Really worries me. Page eight of the Inquisitor has stories the all the way from all the four stories here from City Online, so you can go find it. Good to have set over delays in pegging forex rate at ports. A Wingobet wants of hard Christmas over increase in rates for importers. Poultry farmers call on government to revive local industry. Industry watches one of worsening fuel price regime. Okay. If you go on City Online, you'll find all of this. All right. If you go, so those stories are from citynewsroom.com. Just finally, Elon Musk finally. Finally, has acquired Twitter. Now, a number of top execs are reportedly ousted as the billionaire acquires the social media platform. This on the BBC's homepage. He went to he went to the Twitter issue with the sink the other day, and very interesting stories. They have a feature on how the world's richest person bought Twitter. For those who are interested, I think you sacked the CEO already, right? Sorry. Mm, yeah, that's those are some of the reports. Uh, yes. We'll see how that Agrawal has been sacked. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, thank you so much, Godfrey. Thank you very much, Caleb. That was the newspaper review. The City Business News comes up next. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. The City Business News is coming up shortly. And it's brought to us by MTN. MTN is asking if your SIM card is registered. If you want to check, just dial star 400 hash now to check. Now, if your if your SIM card is fully registered, you see the, a number of things. Your name that appears, as it appears on your valid national ID, your unique code with a set of alphanumeric digits unique to you and a cap with the word yes. Please do well to visit any MTN service center today to get your biometric details captured if you do not see BCAP with the word yes by it. Remember, all SIM cards that are not registered will be disconnected by November 1. Let's work together to enable you continue to use your MTN number. And the business news also brought to us by Enterprise Life. Enterprise always on the constant lookout to make your lives better. Just visit any um, APSA or CBG branch near you to make your premium payments. You don't have to be a customer of those banks. You just need your policy number, a valid national ID, and the amount you wish to pay. Enterprise Life is your advantage. And Access Bank is bringing you the payday loan. Just dial uh, dial star 901 star 11 hash now and in 60 seconds without documentation you will get your loan you can get up to 40 percent of your net monthly monthly salary before payday to solve those pressing needs access bank more than banking and goyle is also bringing us the city business news goyle good energy goyle is here she's got the latest from the world of business Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyle Enterprise Life Advantage, Access Bank more than banking and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. Now let's go straight to our stories. And the Bank of Ghana has refuted claims that persons with dollar accounts will be forced to withdraw only CDs. According to the head of other financial institutions at the BOG, Yao Sapong, the exercise to clamp down on illegal foreign exchange activities will continue. Speaking to the media after a special operation to clamp down on a number of forex bureaus within the capital, he cautioned Ghanaians to desist from spreading false news. I want to use this opportunity to dispel this rumor. It is never true. Bank of Ghana has not come up with any position like that. So please, 
dis disregard those rumors circulating on social media. That, that um, if you have dollars at, at the bank, when you go, you'll be forced and you'll be given CDs. It is not true. That was the head of banking supervision at the Bank of Ghana, Yao Sapong. The Association of Ghana Industry says it fully supports the call by Vice President Dr. Mahamudu Baumia for the enhancement of domestic production and less dependence on imported goods. Official statistics from the Bank of Ghana indicates that Ghana's total imports for 2020 was $12 billion and that for 2021 also exceeded also reached $13 billion. The Vice President, Dr. Mahamudu Bamiya, says over dependence on foreign products is a major contributor to the decline of the economy and thus has called for significant reduction on importation, a move that AGI say they fully support. That is the only sustainable remedy to avert this uh, future recurrence of the negotiation. And I think uh, all decision makers and all major politicians know this. So it is not in the position from the AGI. So we support the cause of the vice president by boosting the productive sector, i.e. manufacturing, industrialization, right, the service sector, but more focus on manufacturing. Because in the value chain, for a product to go from the primary stage or primary raw material stage, secondary stage, is more manufacturing. Dr. Humphrey Eyimdak is the president of the Association of Ghana Industries. Now let's go on to inter interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves. The dollar remained unchanged and is selling at 13 cities. The British pound remained, also remained unchanged and is selling at 15 cities, 1 peso. The euro also remained unchanged and is selling at 13 cities, 10 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus within the capital, the dollar is selling at 13 cities, 90 pesos. The British pound is selling at 15 cities, 10 pesos, and the euro is selling at 13 cities, 20 pesos. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for more on the topic, what's your retirement number? If I ask you today, do you know your retirement number? You are likely to say no, and you're likely to wonder what I'm talking about. So let me explain. Your retirement number is the amount you should be investing regularly. At Data Bank, we like to say monthly to achieve your retirement goal. There are many people listening who are in their 20s, 30s, even 40s, and they believe they've got time. They don't need to think about retirement yet. But no matter who you are, retirement will come one day. And when it is time to retire, you'll need to ensure that you have money set aside for that purpose, not just fixed assets. How much money you need will depend on the kind of retirement you desire. Assuming you want $1 million when you retire at age 60, the monthly amount you need to invest towards it is called your retirement number. If, for example, your investment is growing at an average of 15% a year and you're age 25, then your retirement number is 89 CDs a month. If you're age 35, it's 367 CDs. The longer you wait to start, the higher your retirement number gets. At DataBank, we recommend you start preparing for retirement today. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Live, your advantage, Access Bank, more than banking and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Linetti. Have a good business day.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Yo, Tony up, Gazi, Tony up. Eight after seven, there's still the City Breakfast Show. The City Business Edition comes up shortly. But before that, enjoy a life beyond cash when you use any of Cowbank's digital solutions. Whatever you desire, they have a unique solution for you. You can get their uh, prepaid or debit cards, Visa, MasterCard or GH Link cards. You can also access the Cowbank app. They've got the CowNet solutions. You can call them on 0800-500-500, chat with them online, or send them an email, customercare at cowbank.net. Visit cowbank.net to know more. Forget to cash. Simply go digital with Cowbank. Cowbank forward together. Take your entertainment to the next level with this exciting new partnership from Vodafone and Samsung. From now till the end of February 2023, get free Vodafone broadband installation when you purchase a new Samsung smart TV. You also get up to four months free broadband data. Now that's real value from Ghana's best fiber broadband provider Vodafone. Choose from a range of Samsung quality display smart TVs and live a smart life with Vodafone and Samsung. Walk into any Vodafone store, Electroland outlet and upgrade your home entertainment today. Vodafone, fair that together. In the last 20 years, Ashesi University has been educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders through high-impact experiential education. And the uni is now recognized as uh, one of Africa's best, and they have a bold vision to raise the bar for higher education on the continent. Now, as Ashesi is celebrating 20 years of impact and excellence, learn more about them. Visit ashesi.edu.gh. Remember, admissions are ongoing. The City Business Edition comes up next. And today we are continuing our conversation with Professor Bob Ebohinson on customer service. Today's discussion will be focused on barriers to delivering excellent customer service. So sit back, take notes, soak in the knowledge and build your business. The City Business Edition is up next. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the City Business Edition here on 97.3 City FM. My name is Michael Obudu and today we are continuing with our conversation on customer service delivery. And today we are focusing on barriers to delivering excellent customer service. And I'm sure if you tuned in last week, you obviously enjoyed your session with Professor Ebo Henson, who is a big, a big industry person when it comes to customer service delivery. He's in studio with us today to continue. Prof, you're welcome again. Always good to be here, sir. And I am excited to have you back in studio because last time's own was was 
a lot of quality information, I must say. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. So let's go straight into it. We're looking at the barriers to delivering customer quality customer service. Yes, please. But first of all, African, here in Africa, we are very nice people. And yeah. Ghanaians, for instance, our anthem is the fact that we are very hospitable, well, hospitable, yeah. welcoming people. Yeah. But why does it seem like we are struggling with this whole customer service issue? Well, it's a paradox I've been trying to crack for 25 years as well because we all claim to be hospitable and sometimes we have dealt some of the most disastrous mm -hmm. um, service encounters when we want to patronize some good or service. So here's what I've found. After working for five years in industry and 20 years as an academic and consulting all over the place and... Um, I've never met a single chief executive officer, not one, hmm. who didn't want service excellence in the organization. No, not one. Every single, everybody I've met, minister of state, head pastor, CEO, MD, they all want superior customer experiences. So why is it that if the hearts of these senior people are in the right place, it's so difficult to translate those good intentions into a certain homogeneous type of service quality across all the various customer touch points. It's, it's something that's really intriguing to see. Mm. But after working with several organizations, here is my assessment of why we seem to be struggling in Africa a bit around delivering homogeneous, superior customer service. First thing is that till today, customer service is rarely treated as a strategic imperative. Mm. No, it's not. I mean, like, the, the intentions are good, mm. but very few people will call Professor Henson and say, Prof, 2022 is ending. Can we engage you to develop a two-year service excellence strategy for us, or a five-year customer experience strategy, put in various milestones and benchmarks and describe in great detail the kind of service blueprints we will need, what the tracking mechanisms will be, how you are going to map customer emotional journeys, how you are going to integrate service delivery into the other business functions. No, 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 no. The most I get is come and train. Mm. Then we'll give you some $2,000. Then you thank God for your, for, for, for your life and walk away after one day with the $2,000. But then I'm wondering, what will be the real effect of that one-tree intervention? Not, not, not much, really. Not, not much. Wow. So I got an email yesterday from a leading medical institution in Ghana. And the email said, Professor Insin, we heard you speaking about service excellence. We want to engage you to develop a three-year customer care strategy for us. I was like, wow, hallelujah to that. Mm. Because clearly this is a serious entity. Yeah. Big medical facility with big doctors and big equipment. Look, here's what it is. If you are going to spend $50 million or $100 million to bring world-class kidney equipment and renal equipment, I, I, I saw something on Facebook recently. A friend of mine had brought something called O-Arm or Q-Arm. I think it was Medtronics, and I was like, wow. And then they were saying things like, this is the next phase in surgical procedure. Wow. I was very happy. Like, so you are buying expensive equipment. Mm. 
You have nurses who are rude, <laughs> security men who are terrorizing you in the car park, people who are causing your blood pressure to rise artificially. So when they check, it's not your own blood pressure, wow. but it's the hospital stress that has changed the numbers. I mean, <laughs> what, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> That's the business dead on our I'm telling you. <laughs> so the blood pressure is misbehaving because of the people in the hospital. You are fine, though. If I when they let you sit there and drink water for 10 minutes, blood pressure will be normal. So, I mean, I mean, so, so the question is that the, the, the heart is good, but the translation into pure strategy mm. is not happening. And you know, I told you in session three or four, we'll be dealing with something called branded customer service, yeah. where we move from customer service as cost mm. to customer service as necessity okay. to customer service as competitive advantage, mm. and then finally customer service as a living expression of the corporate brand. That's when you fully arrive. Mm -hmm. It means that what your brand promises, your service department delivers day after day, wow. hour after hour, minute after minute. Then you've achieved what we call complete branded customer service status. Mm -hmm. So I can tell you, without going to the, the third or fourth uh, interaction we deal with you, that for most organizations in Africa today, customer service is still cost. Shockingly, I'm telling you, for those who are doing slightly better, mm. customer service is necessity. Wow. But very few have moved to the point where customer service is now seen as a competitive advantage tool. It hasn't happened yet. And wow. these are the four stages of customer service evolution. Customer service as cost, customer service as necessity, customer service as competitive advantage, and then finally customer service as an essential living expression of the corporate brand. We are not there at all. Mm. So to companies move away from customer service at cost, you still have good intentions, good promises, good English, good mantra, good slogans, but the translation into making your service ambassadors a daily living expression of the brand promises you made it will still be a far way for us to all go. So wow. I'm sorry, the intentions are good, but we still don't understand the full strategic imperative hmm. of using service as a, 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 a brand leverage. And there's one more thing I need to ask. So this book I wrote on customer service essentials, lessons for Africa and beyond. I did something I've never seen any author of customer service or customer experience books ever, 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 ever do. And I've, trust me, I've read about 25 to 30 of them. I read them. I'm still reading. Here's what I did, which was novel in my book, the co-authored book. In the first chapter of the book, I put in something called service reward and recognition systems. Okay. Where I discuss the fact that we also need to move to the point where those who deliver good service should be rewarded openly and rewarded lavishly. Wow. Then they become good examples for those who want role models to copy. Wow. But if we have a situation where in a certain corporate setting, mm. good one day, bad one day, good one day, bad one day, nobody gets punished, then what are we doing? Because those who even want to go the extra mile are not incentivized because... When they look at those destroying the organization with their bad service, nothing happens to them. Hmm. So we need to develop service excellence committees, come up with things like above and beyond the Call of Duty awards, come up with things like going the extra mile awards, and have clear mechanisms for rewarding service champions. Hmm. 
First Timothy 5.20, the B part says, Them that sin repeatedly punish openly that the rest may stand in fear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those who are repeat service offenders, there's a point at which you must punish them openly. Wow. Then those who want to do bad will, will repent before they start. Then soon there will be service conformance, there will be service wow. homogeneity, and then we all start doing the right thing. That's why we should be going as a Customer service cannot remain as a cost. Won't do well. But those are some of the reasons why, in spite of the best intentions of all these leaders, the strategic imperative is missing. And so they can't translate the service discipline to the front desk people, the security men, the nurses, the medical doctors, the university lecturers. And by the way, my goodness. Oh, let me confess, we can terrorize students sometimes. So the students are always traumatized. Mm. Meanwhile, the vice chancellor is saying, love the students, give them good student experiences, care for them. Meanwhile, when you come and check the actual service, it can be very problematic. And then sometimes alumni too are not happy with us because one transcript is taking 30 days. Why should a transcript take 30 days? So, I mean, I'm saying that we all need to step up a bit in looking at customer service, not just at cost, Mm. but translating it into a strategic imperative. That is when we'll start to see true service excellence. Well, then that means that uh, we as a continent really have a long way to go. We do, but um, I think that, uh, please, hope is not lost, because I've been to other continents as well where, in fact... (laughs) Some of the service has also been uh, uh, problematic at best. So I've always said that, look, in a room where everybody wears a black shirt, when you wear red, you stand out. So (laughs) in a place like Ghana, Mm. just raising your customer service game a little will Mm. get you to stand out. Because sometimes, oh, sorry, and by the way, we have not done too badly. I mean, if you take an institution like APSA, they've appointed... A chief customer officer. I mean, so there are institutions where they are beginning to see the utmost importance mm. of service as a strategic imperative. So they are appointing very senior people to sit in the C-suite and really champion the thing at a high level. Okay. Those people report straight to the CEOs. And that is where you can really begin to see change because in places like North America, a chief customer officer is not a novelty. It's fairly common. Mm. So that's where we, sh- we should also be going, where we make customer service a high elevated position so it can get the gravitas it needs to really affect organizational change. That's where we should be going. So so from what you've said, uh, from a management perspective, clearly it means that they would have to begin to see, uh, change their perception about how relevant customer service is to the organization and its life. Absolutely. So what other barriers would you see are there to delivering quality customer service? Okay, so apart from really seeing customer experience, customer service as a strategic role, there are other barriers that have to do, for instance, with when you take a majority of, sorry, when you take a good sample of public and private sector entities in Africa, sometimes you find that company policies they exist for company convenience and control. Mm-hmm. Let me explain that a bit. So, you have senior executives who design and enforce company policies. And then, they design it in such a way that they don't factor in customer feedback or customer concerns 
into the way they design these policies. So the policies tend to be inward looking. Same thing sometimes with a university that's introducing new programs. They would introduce it based on what they feel we want to consume, rather than engaging critical stakeholders like students, like alumni, like industry associations, looking at global trends, and sort of ensuring that you factor in what your consumers also want in designing these policies. If that were not bad enough, the policies sometimes are also designed because of cost control, cutting cost, cutting cost, cutting cost. Um, cut, being prudent with cost management itself is not bad. But if you are cutting costs to the extent that you don't invest in customer-friendly procedures, you don't invest in customer-friendly systems, you don't invest in customer-friendly practices, then it means that what will happen is that eventually there will be a disconnect between operations, between HR, between marketing, because there will be no common understanding of the centrality of the customer. So cutting cost is not bad. But really, if you want to have a certain holistic service approach, then you must invest in this service excellence strategy I'm speaking about. So not everything shouldn't be about cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting costs. Cut. Look, I know companies where they will say things like, so customer service, crowd, what, what do you guys bring? Like, so you walk out. When you come to work, you close and go, what, what, what do you add? <laughs> so I think that my friends in customer experience, customer service, to deal with this cost issue, mm. they must also learn to make a business case okay. for investments in customer service and customer experience issues. You're talking about making a business case. Yes. Now, a lot of customer service and marketing people that I've spoken to yes. uh, tend to have a challenge with getting their accountants to see reason to allocate resources uh, to, and, and to the department. Because that, that will not change. They, they, they think that it's not in quote a core function of the business it will i'm change. sure the accountants listening to you what it's not just accountants so the finance people are like that they're, they're <laughs> like they're like first cousins and i love them okay look some of my best friends are accountants yeah. they are senior finance people but it's not their fault you see okay. we must learn to enumerate on the customer service marketing brand com sales we must learn to enumerate okay because if i can tell you my brother that look keeping a certain type of customer mm saves you from losing the customer. And in reducing customer attrition and saving that customer, mm. I make you $27 million in incremental revenue. Okay. Because if they are defected, that $27 million would have gone to a competitor, you sit up and listen. Wow. But because they, they, they can't make those kinds of arguments, mm. it's seen as some fluffy, in, 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 ill-defined, it's like, so what, what, what do you do really? Like, mm. what, what do you do? Yeah, I know sometimes customers are angry, you cool them down after that, what? You know, no, it's, it's not a fair characterization. Okay. But I know that the challenges with making the business case is sometimes why the policies are always focused on cutting costs, cutting costs. Mm. But I think it's time my colleagues stood up okay. and began to make a stronger business case to ensure that, look, mm. because I've lowered customer attrition by so much, I've improved revenue by so much. Mm. Because I've created favorable mechanisms for customers to get delight, they are spending more. So they are deepening their expenditure with us, they are deepening their spend with us, and there's incremental revenue. Mm. But you need to sit with 
the various businesses in order to develop these business keys. If they do that, trust me, we'll see a stronger focus on service in 2023, then the miracle will come. So first barrier, companies' policies exist for convenience, control, and cutting costs, cutting costs, cutting costs. Mm. Second barrier, decision makers are too far from the customers. They are remote. They are removed from the customer. Mm. So when bank managing directors occasionally do market storms, and I've seen a couple of them do some recently, where they are visiting the Makola women and visiting the barbers and the mm. traders, it shouldn't be for camera purposes only, or for taking photos for LinkedIn or Facebook. No. <laughs> it's so that you do what we call management by walking around. Okay. Because you see, a bank MD, with all due respect, may meet maximum 60 people in a week, maximum 60 customers. Mm. A bank teller can meet 1,600 people in a week. Wow. Yeah. Because of the velocity of the traffic through that particular branch. Mm. So a teller can see 20, 50, or 100 times more customers than a bank MD. Mm. It's not a bad thing. The point I'm making is that because these boundary spanners, those who are the primary interface, are the ones who have their feet to the fire, they can give you the best feedback on changing customer dynamics and what customers really want. I'm not saying MDs don't know. I mean, they have all these reports, they have all these charts, they have all these net promoter scores, they have all those, it's good. But you see, sometimes senior executives don't know the deepest concerns and the deepest desires of their customers. Look, when you're a customer and I look into your eyes, sometimes we have what we call Obvious and latent deeds. Obvious is on the surface, latent is underneath. When I chat with you, I look into your eyes, I can discover things that you want which you are not saying with your mouth. Mm. And as an expert, I can decipher that given the problem you are explaining, the product you are asking for is even inaccurate. I can recommend a better product. Mm. That is the, the power of having the capacity to discover latent needs and not just obvious needs. And if you don't interact with the customer, sometimes you will not be able to discover these things. So when it comes to critical decision making, you find that cinema even by making decisions because they don't have a first-hand feel of what's going on down there. And, and that can result in decision being taken where they don't have a clear understanding of the context. They don't understand the limitations of what they are going to decide. But they decide anyway, because they just have some information which they are relying on without a certain intimacy mm -hmm. with the end users who really are the ones spending the money with you. So please, if you are a CEO, minister of state, chief director, you are a vice chancellor, pro-vice chancellor like myself, you are a registrar, please speak to the frontliners. Mm -hmm. Chat with the students sometimes. Chat with alumni. Speak to current customers. Speak to previous customers. Speak to customers who want to defect. They're about to switch. Do exit interviews. Check with them yourself. Ask them what's going on. Follow the salespeople sometimes on their sales visits. Go to town. Gain a better understanding of sales, marketing, service. Things that confront the organization. Make sure you are front and center. 
I'm not saying MD should stop working and be working in town visiting traders. No. But I'm saying that there should be a careful mix of that senior management work with a certain close connection with the customers as well. It's one key barrier which I think will be removed if the C-suite executives develop a better intimacy with the customers. Number three. Just to mirror number one, top priorities, cost-cutting, 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 cost-cutting. Now, I'm discussing this separately because it's a big problem, sir. It's a big problem. You have a printer that breaks down every 17 days. It's causing major customer upheaval. They are very unhappy. In March 2022, you say you won't buy because you didn't budget for you. Wait for 2023 and put in next year's budget. What are you talking about? I mean, like, you, you can't be serious. No, 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 we didn't budget for it. You didn't, every day you want, no, sir, I know we didn't budget for it. But in the scheme of things, it's causing customer frustration. Customers are leaving, we are losing revenue. In fact, the revenue we are losing, if you change that printer now, you will lose that revenue. Mm -hmm. So you don't look at things only from the standpoint of cost cutting, but from the holistic perspective of what value are we creating. Remember in the first session I said, Focus on value, not on price alone. Mm. I want to re-echo that a little differently now. Focus on value, not just cost-cutting. Because if you cut your nose to spite your face, eventually you lose when all is said and done. Mm. Next issue is role ambiguity and conflict. Wow. When I hear things like, oh, me, I don't talk, oh, me, I'm quiet, too. Oh. Then why are you a teller? I mean, you are quiet too, and you are a teller. How do you expect, are you going to use hand signals to, to, to deal with Yeah, you are not deaf and dumb, huh? So you can't do, I am quiet too. Mm -hmm. But you'll be surprised that sometimes customer support personnel, they suffer from role ambiguity at two levels. One, sometimes they don't have clarity about what they are really supposed to do as customer experience ambassadors. So they say things like, I, I didn't know I, 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 I could take that decision. Or uh, when the customer asked me, we don't have. So I told them that we don't have. And you know, sometimes when you, you consult and you come across these situations, these people are not bad people. Though. Mm. They just don't have a sense that you are allowed to be innovative. You can escalate. You can actually say that, we don't have this product, but we have this other one which can give you a similar benefit. Mm -hmm. So I think that we need a lot of clarity regarding like, what it is that people can do or not do in delivering on that critical customer-facing role. It's so, so important because boundary partners are the first point of contact between you and the external world. In several organizations... They are the least paid, the least motivated, the least empowered when it comes to solving customer problems. So we need to be more scientific and careful about how we select these boundaries partners so they don't suffer role ambiguity that can lead to customer dissatisfaction. There should be clarity, the empowerment should be clear, the mandate should be clear, and they should know that every day they come to work, they are aligned to a particular service vision. Oh, and by the way, their KPIs, the way their performance is measured, should also have a bearing on the, the way they deliver on those service roles. Because if there's a discrepancy between their performance KPIs 
and what you expect them to do on a day-to-day basis, then you are confusing them even more. So I think we need to remove this role ambiguity thing, mm. and then we'll be on to a good thing. Last point. Indifferent or unmotivated employees. Hmm. My brother, um, the thing is, there's 20, 30 years of empirical work to show that, research to show that there's a positive link between motivation and the delivery of superior service. Now, the famous Sir Richard Branson, the famous British entrepreneur said, clients do not come first. It sounds controversial, but this is what he said. He said, employees come first. If you take care of your employees, they will take care of your clients. I think it's very profound, but it's true. So focus on delivering superior internal customer delight first. And then they'll be galvanized to go and deliver external customer delight. Wow. Don't, 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 don't forget that. Focus on delivering mind-blowing internal customer delight first. Mm. Then you are going to motivate and charge these, your internal troops, to go and delight your external customers. It, it's a, an equation sometimes we get wrong. Mm. So people are unhappy, they are ill concerned, they don't want to connect. And you are pushing these same people to go and excite your external customers. Look, when they go, they are unhappy, they are ill. And you know, I remember several years ago, I went to a church convention and uh, somebody said, you can't infect anybody with something you are not infected with yourself. Very simple. So the enthusiasm, the buoyancy, the happiness I radiate. Mm. At a, as a CTFM salesperson, I'll infect you with it. Yeah. So you put your, your program on my super morning show or my city breakfast show or my, 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 my city lights or, or, or what was her name? Is it Akoko? The, the madam in the middle. What was her name? AJ. <laughs> the famous AJ, yes. You go on AJ show. Mm. Did she go to Achimoto school? Do you know or you're not sure? Uh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I, I like those who went to Achimota school. Oh, so, went to Achimota absolutely, school. sir. Oh, <laughs> so, the, so, I'm saying that there's enough empirical research to show that, look, when you take care of these guys who are internal, mm. they will take care of those who are external. So, okay. when we talk about service relationships, it shouldn't be short-term, it should be long-term. And the happier your internal troops are, the more motivated they are to deliver to the external customer. I still keep getting fascinated at how customer service is really integrated into the core of the business. I realize everything. Now you're speaking about ensuring staff are properly motivated so they can go out there. It's it's a human capital matter. Hmm. So, you see, sometimes I wish somebody would employ me as chief customer officer so that I'll come (laughs) back to town. No, because I've been yearning sometimes to not just advise but to actually take one of these jobs again and mm. do it, yeah. then I'll leave that typology and come back to, to, to the academy. I, sometimes I, but, but I don't think <laughs> anybody will employ me. No, no, it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. It can be done. So, well, if you just tuned in, this is the City Business Edition on 97.3 City FM. My name is Michael Obudu, and you're here listening to Professor Ebo Henson giving us some critical information on customer service delivery. He's sharing with us barriers to quality customer service. But then, uh, Prof, let me find out from you. So, from what you've said so far, is there really an attitude required for service excellence or its inherent, so to speak? Well, I think that 
we can all develop the appropriate attitudes for totally amazing our various customer audiences. I think that you need to understand that the first requirement for me is what I call understanding cause and effect relationships. Understanding cause and effect relationships. Because when you understand the, what cause and effect means, it means that your behavior will be guided. And you know that, look, one thing you do in the Takradi branch affects the whole corporate entity, even though the bank has 112 branches. So what you do affects the whole picture, irrespective of the job role you carry. Wow. Yes, very, very important. And sometimes you get the sense people say, oh, but prof, me, I'm just a small fry. Oh, prof, but me, you know, the big people, they don't listen to me. Oh, prof. And I said, no, you can't diminish yourself in the eyes of that service equation because you matter. Mm. So I think some service entities in Africa do not bother to explain to their employees the importance of using service as a competitive advantage. Okay. So employees feel like they're being forced to become service champions without having a certain mental understanding that no, we sink or swim together. Mm. And indeed, like I said in the first episode, every service chain is only as strong as the weakest link. So it's in my interest that you don't feel because when you feel We've all failed as a team. So you need to explain to your internal customers cause and effect relationships. The second thing is that we need to develop a better understanding of customer needs. Mm. Look, what constitutes value to Kofi might mean not, nothing to Kwamina. No, 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 no. Mm. Because in the scheme of things, you are an advertising agency. And I like speed. That's it. Another client lies high creative output. So you can be slow, but if the advert will win awards, mm -hmm. I'm okay. So it's up to you to keep distilling and distilling what your customer needs are and keep checking over and over again whether these needs are changing. Okay. So customer needs to the extent that they are dynamic need to be checked constantly. So please, if the year is ending, you haven't done it, you can call me. I'll come and do a solid baseline customer experience survey for you so that you keep the data for 2022. Okay. Next, we'll do a half-year tracker to see whether the indices are moving in a positive or a negative direction. Then when 2023 ends, we'll do a full-year tracker. Then we'll start calculating things like net promoter score and telling you who will recommend you, who, who will not recommend you. Mm. Then you begin to have a certain solid understanding of customer expectations, customer perceptions, customer needs. Because you see, you can't operate based on feelings. You must operate based on data. Mm. And data is king. I mean, like, if you don't have data, you don't have anything. So, uh, uh, employing a certain dynamic approach to understanding customer needs is the second best-in-class attitude for becoming a service champion. The next one is developing a passion for service. So, the triple crown of customer service is high passion, a can-do attitude, and tremendous scale. High passion a can-do attitude and tremendous scale. So once you have these three in the right proportions, you're on your way to service excellence. Mm -hmm. So passion totally matters. You should be totally engaged with the corporate brand you represent and radiate the excellence 
at every single customer touch point. So people understand you, understand your offering, and are delighted after you deal with them. The last thing I want to... No, the last but one is respect for people. Don't bring your prejudices into any service situation. Hmm. If you have problems with certain tribes, keep it at home. If you have a problem with women, keep it in your house. Don't bring it to work. So hmm. don't bring your prejudices and idiosyncrasies to come and confuse anybody, please. Whether the person is a working customer or a platinum customer, they all deserve a certain basic modicum of service excellence. If they are platinum and they give you 80% of your income, you can treat them a little special. But once the person is still in a relationship with you, you have no business treating them poorly. Okay. So respect for people is totally important. Hmm. So the, with service delivery, it cannot dip beyond the standard. No. There should be a certain basic excellence everybody gets. Okay. Then the more sophisticated the customer is, the more revenue they give to you, hmm. the, the higher the levels of service you afford them. But okay. everybody deserves a certain basic modicum. Mm -hmm. Look, so I've said this on several other platforms. You know, David Ogilvy, one of the fathers of Ogilvy and Martha, said that the true test of a finished account executive is the capacity to have customers like Pebbles on the beach and so treat each of them as if you are in a one-on-one -on -one relationship with them. Mm -hmm. That's when you've arrived. Wow. So whether the customers are 20 or 2,000, they must all feel that they can get a certain basic level of individualized care. That is respect. Mm. If you feel you are too big to serve them, you can respectfully ask them to go to your competitor so you can move with your life. But once they are there, respect is a non-negotiable issue. Mm. Next thing is consistency and perseverance. Consistency and perseverance. You would be tremendously naive to think that every day will be a good service day. It's impossible. There will be bad days. There will be serious customer problems. People will be angry with you. But you must maintain a certain dogged attitude to wanting to solve it irrespective of the challenges you face. That sort of mindset is what gets you through because... Consistency and perseverance are two traits of excellent customer experience people. Devoted providers of service persevere in their efforts to gain or maintain a leading edge over their competitors, and by so doing, they observe consistent standards of customer care. Let me end on this note. CTFM has corporate values. So does Silver Star and maybe the National Lottery Authority. Here's what it is. One way of ensuring consistency in services to translate these corporate values into what I call observable service behaviors. Because, for instance, professionalism at CTFM would have a different service buildup compared to professionalism at NLA, compared to professionalism at Silver Star. Meanwhile, Professionalism is a core corporate value for all three entities. Mm. So the question is, a CTFM, professionalism, for instance, might mean one, no communication stays on your desk for more than 24 hours. Two, we shall come to work at 8 a.m. every day, irrespective of challenges. Three, so you can have certain things peculiar to your brand mm. that are essential for delivering high service. Okay. Then within the context of CTFM then, 
you build a system where people observe those service values. What I find uncomfortably sometimes is that people have all these big corporate values, but they have not translated them into observable service behaviors. So even though people work there, they can't tell you how to live the service on a day-to-day -day basis. That's mm -hmm. a problem. Okay. Because you can have reliability. What does it mean? You can have humility. What does it mean? So we need to have a system where we have all these values that are translated into service charted, customer charters, with clear, observable service behaviors that we can track. So if there's deviance, we come back on track and delight our customer audiences. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was Professor Ebo Henson. Uh, <laughs> it's always just fascinating listening to him talk about customer service. Clearly, this man knows his stuff with over 24 years' experience in the space. And he's just been talking to us about barriers to delivering quality and premium customer service. But unfortunately, our time is up. I hope you took some very good notes from all that he said. If you weren't able to tune in from the beginning right after here, you'd be able to find the audio on our SoundCloud account. Just search for uh, City97.3 on SoundCloud and you'd get all this, uh, all the tapes that we've done so far on customer service with Professor Abel Hensing. Well, my name is Michael Obudu. Thank you for tuning in and let's connect on Twitter at M Obudu. Catch you same time next week. Please stay safe, stay informed and bye-bye. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Benjamin Nketiah here with the Friday edition of Kickoff. In the headlines, former President John Mahama calls for the cancellation of the 2023 African Games set to be hosted by Ghana. FA, GFA announced plans to halt the Ghana Premier League when the World Cup commences. And in the EPL, it's March week 14. Leicester City versus Manchester City headline this week's action. Let's get to the details now. And former President John Mahama has called for the cancellation of the 2023 African Games, which Ghana is slated to host next year. According to him, it is unwise to spend the country's meager resources on the multi-sport event. Now, organizers of the competition are racing against time to deliver the necessary uh, infrastructure within the required time, but have repeatedly given assurances that work will be completed. And also, an amount of 140 million U.S. dollars has been earmarked 
for the projects. Let's now move on to the Best Power uh, Ghana Premier League because it resumes this weekend. And Chief Executive Officer of Kotoku Royals, Linford Asamoah Buedu, believes the club is in good shape to resume uh, the league. Now, the Ghana Football Association have been given the go-ahead to continue the competition after a high court dismissed an injunction application filed by Ashanti Gold Sporting Club. Kotoku Royals will return to action against Bechem United on Sunday, October 30, in a match day four encounter. It was a good news. It's a big relief for us because we have players, coaches staying in our clubhouse and making sure they play the league. But unfortunately, because of the court case, we were waiting and waiting and waiting. Nobody knows what is happening, you know. Because court case, you can determine what time it will end because of the lawyers' case, adjournments and all kind of things, you know. So now that the FA has worked hard to ensure that the trigger leg is back, we are very happy. It's a good news for we as a Kotoku Royals, as a debutant, and I think every football club in this country will also be happy. Yeah, psychologically, I think the boys and the technical team were down because nobody knows. You know, we, the FA went to call several times and the case was adjourned. So nobody was aware that it was come. But as a club, who has prepared for the league is always ready. So I believe strongly that we put all our problems aside and continue the league with all strength and tendencies that we desire to 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 win some of our matches to sustain ourselves in the league. So you had CEO of uh, Kotoku Royals, Linford Asamoah Buedu speaking there. Let's get to some other news. Uh, still with the Ghana Premier League and head coach of Inswatraman Football Club, Mohamed Gago, has expressed his ambition to secure the survival of his team in next season's league. Now, the newly promoted side won one game, drew one, and lost one before the current league was suspended. Inswatraman will resume the season with a home match against Karela FC on Sunday. We are a new team and we are not in a rush and we are not in, in any competition with any other club. Our goal is to work well and to work above average. I mean, we don't want to work and put the team into a position where uh, uh, we either survive or not survive will be in the hands of uh, uh, our supporters. I know we, I have a very crazy uh, fans back home there. So we are doing as much as we can to get the team up as, as, as early as possible. In Swatraman FC head coach Mohamed Gago speaking there to the full slate of games and Hearts of Oak will play BBNE Gold Stars in Swatraman play Karela, Mediama play Adriana Legon City's take on Brickham Chelsea, Dreams FC player Accra Lions Samatex will take on Great Olympics. There's the, also the Northern Derby between Tamale City and Real Tamale United. Kim Faisal will also be up against Kumasiya Sante Kotoko and still staying with the league. The GFA has announced that the league will go on a month's break when the 2022 World Cup is being played in Qatar. Now the tournament will run between November 20 and December 18 and Ghana's Black Stars will be participating after qualifying past Nigeria in the African playoffs earlier this year. Now the break in the league season was one of some revisions the GFA made to the football calendar following the dismissal of Ascot's injunction application by the High Court and the subsequent re- resumption of the league. Now, the other revisions had to do with the dates of March days 4 to 8 of the league season. Now, this weekend we'll see March day 4 of the league taking place at all uh, the centres, while March day 5 to 8 will be honoured between November 4 and November 17 
2022. So that's what's going on uh, as far as the Ghana Premier League is concerned. Let's move on to some foreign stuff. A Newcastle forward, Callum Wilson, believes that he should be in the England squad for the upcoming World Cup if he stays fit and is still in good form. A 30-year-old has scored four goals in eight appearances this season for his club and says he has something different to offer England boss Gareth Southgate. I don't doubt my ability whatsoever. I think I offer something different to the other strikers. I don't think there's anyone that would run in behind like myself and stretch the game. Um, and I think if you're a coach or manager, you'd want different kinds of players that can, can play in different games. You know, Harry, an unbelievable player, so that's not to say, yeah, you're going to go to the World Cup and play. I think for me, the experience of it, being there, being able to kind of push push Harry, but also you know show the manager I'm ready at the end of the day. And I've been focusing on my Newcastle performance because ultimately that's what will get you in that shot window you know not just goals hold up play all round all round performance and and yeah I think for me there's that belief there I've represented my country before the manager knows what I can do and I try not to they don't want to talk my way into the squad you know I'm trying to basically play and talk on the pitch that's what I'm trying to do and if that's good enough then so be it if not I won't be disheartened you know I'll just fall short and I keep working hard to try and represent my country at another point so you heard Newcastle forward Callum Wilson speaking there. Let's move on to the full slate of games for this weekend's EPL games. It's March week 14. There's Leicester City versus Manchester City. That's our headline game. There's also AFC Bournemouth versus Tottenham. Brentford take on Wolves. Brighton take on Chelsea. Crystal Palace will be up against Southampton. Newcastle play Aston Villa. There's Fulham versus Everton. Liverpool take on Leeds United. Arsenal, they will be up against Nottingham Forest. And then Manchester United will also be up against West Ham United. So that's how it will break down in the Premier League this weekend. We will be right here with live radio commentary for you. Let's finish off with some basketball. And it was a good slate of games in the NBA. The Dallas Mavericks, they needed overtime to beat Kevin Durant and the Brooklyn Nets. 129 to 125 is how it ended. Luka Doncic with a 40-point triple-double in that game. And then the OKC Thunder also beat the Clippers. 118 to 110. So back-to-back wins for uh, the Thunder against the Clippers. Very surprising there. The Golden State Warriors, uh, they were up against the Miami Heat. They won at home. And then the Sacramento Kings also continue to struggle 0-4 to begin the season. This time losing to the Memphis Grizzlies. So uh, that's what happened in the NBA last night. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Le Cerro. There's more sports at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Send me 
edition of Power of Radio. This is City 97.3. City Breakfast Show. After eight, this is the City Breakfast Show. Sounds of Dada Kedi. Dada Kedi. I have two favorite Dada Kedi songs. This one, and he has another one called Usura Uni. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Why wouldn't you like? No, 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 don't do that. That's it. That's it. Why would you like it? Oh, it's a good song. I've not said it's not a good song. <laughs> that is not what I said. I said why wouldn't you like it? Why would? But how do you mean? Then I get it. That's good song. It does. Yeah. And I like two. Okay. Uh-huh. The, the first one is what? This one is Odomwe Nije, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> and the second one is Usra Unni. Hey, the two. Like that? We don't do anything. Anyway, we will let us proceed. Earlier, kickoff brought to us by Lecheho. And they are saying that come to their, their branch or find any Lecheho branch near you and update your records with your Ghana card so you can be served faster and better. You can send a WhatsApp message to 0574-065958 or 0302-208333. Lecheho, let's improve lives. And the all-new Ghana Pay Mobile Money Service app is here. Can send and receive money at zero transaction fees, pay bills, buy airtime and data, transfer money to and from your bank accounts, and do so much more your way. Download the app from the App Store or the Play Store. You can also register by dialing star 707 hash, and uh, you can also visit any branch of your selected bank to activate your wallet. Ghana Pay transaction be free. You only pay e levy. Ghana Pay your money your way. Now Ghana Pay is a Gips and Ghana Associates. An association of banks collaboration. And people are always searching for convenience, a simple and easy life. And with Pokia, you get that. Pokia is your virtual assistant from Star Assurance. And she gives you the ability to be anywhere and still purchase or renew your motor insurance at any time. You can chat to Pokia today on 0242-436-160 or dial short code star 713-222-HASH and enjoy a smooth and quick service. Star Assurance is your solid partner. Senora, 
And Richoko, your favorite cocoa beverage made from the finest Ghanaian cocoa, is back with the National Essay Competition. A total of 100,000 Ghana CDs in cash prizes is up for grabs to all junior high and upper primary pupils. To participate, write an essay describing five things you'd like to see to help improve access to basic education in Ghana. The essays must be handwritten and no less than 750 words for junior high pupils and 600 words for upper primary pupils. Submit your essay along with empty packs of either Richoko one kilogram or 500 grams or five packs of Richoco 20 grams and complete the contact information and send to selected vantage points across the country. Deadline for submission of entries is the 19th of November. Visit the Cadbury Richoco Facebook and Instagram pages for more details. Eight thirteen. Still listening to the uh, City Breakfast. You send us your messages on zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. Two birthdays coming in. Yes, indeed. For those of you celebrating your birthdays today, okay, let's start off with the Radio Princess. <laughs> the Radio Princess herself, AJ Koko Sapong. Happy birthday! Mm-hmm. I know she'll be here on brunch. It's 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 going to be a fantastic yeah. Friday, isn't it? it a, a dynamic and fantastic yeah, Friday. I can imagine what she's going to have for us this afternoon. You know, AJ and her birthday. Yeah, yeah. It's and, it's, and, a, and it's the whole thing. For company, so, He's, yeah, oh, it's going to be crazy. So tag team will be great. AJ, yeah, happy, yeah, yeah. happy, happy, happy birthday, happy birthday, AJ. It is one of the few people I know who love their birthday. <laughs> she overloves her birthday, actually. <laughs> but, but what can you do? You have to celebrate you've, your Listen, day you've got to celebrate life. So yeah. celebrate, enjoy, have a blast. Happy yeah. birthday, AJ. Ha- happy birthday to you. Have a wonderful day. All right. Good morning, City FM. Please wish my husband, Mr. Michael Morton, a.k.a. Crow, a happy birthday. May the good Lord bless you as you celebrate this milestone. Thank you for all you do for the family. We love you. This is from Akustia Sewa Morton in Sakumono. Now, Emmanuel Jivo says, To the beautiful and loving woman in my life, as you celebrate your birthday today, me, uh, the kids and I wish you good health, long life, and a happy home. Happy birthday to you. You, my lovely wife, Asay, God bless you. Oh, today's my birthday. I thank God for His blessings on me and my family. Happy birthday to me and others celebrating theirs today, and happy birthday in advance to my first son, Richmond, who's celebrating his first ever birthday on the third of November. Oh, may God protect him to grow in peace and love. Amen. I'm Chigbo Jude from Ashama, Middle East. And remember, all of our birthday messages are brought to you by Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk. Now, you're looking for some great evaporated milk? All you need to do is try Creamy Plus. Yes. Look, it's made with vegetable fat, uh-huh. which means it's much gentler on your stomach. That's good. You won't be having those feelings <laughs> when you drink it, you know. And it's made with vegetable fat, which is healthier. So you can go to any Goyle shop to find it. You can also go to Bachonato Tao and other supermarkets in your neighborhood. For bulk purchase, contact Les Femme Distributors at Medina Ritz Junction. You can call them on 0501-682-522 or visit Grace Has found us at Akukofoto in Dansuman. Mm. That's Godfrey's hood. Call them on 0245-162-747 and enjoy some Creamy Plus. 
And thank you. We are in the prestigious Ghana Club 100 ranking. Priority Insurance Company Limited placed 38th in the 19th edition of Ghana Investment Promotion Center's annual list of the top 100 companies in Ghana. And we topped the non-life insurance companies in the Ghana Club 100 ranking. So we want to say thank you to everyone, our cherished customers, shareholders, board of directors, management, and other key stakeholders. Come and let's discuss your budget and place you on adequate coverage. Visit us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok. Priority Insurance, we're on your side. Call us on 055-301-9060. Listening to the City Breakfast Show. Send in your thoughts and comments on 0549-986-996. This week has, uh, has been a week where the economy has uh, been on top of the, the the top of things that people have. It's been really top of the league when it comes to the things people are talking about. Yeah. Um, several things have happened this week. Mm-hmm. Several, several things. City depreciation these days, sachet water prices and things have gone up and all. Charlie, <laughs> a lot of things have happened. A lot of Monday things. And, and let's say yesterday or today. And then yesterday, the former president said, okay, it was time he also addressed the nation. He wanted to say a few things about what was currently going on. And so yesterday, there was an event at the UPSA auditorium. Okay, UPSA auditorium. And he uh, 
gave a very interesting speech building the ghana we want that's that was the name of the event and uh, the, the former president john Hammer was there to uh, to speak on a few things uh, a few points uh, of interest so one of the interesting things he said was about cost savings right making savings and all and he said we should scrap the free shs secretary so he was talking about a number of things we could do okay and one of the things he said was to restructure government so we could save on a lot of things mm -hmm. met some people met some offices agencies shut some down that kind of thing mm -hmm. and former president mahama he's urged the kufado government to do away with the redundancies that have marked this administration at the stories so citynewsroom.com and he says, quote, there are too many agencies created overnight without any functional necessity that must oh, okay. be scrapped or merged for efficiency to ensure savings to the public purse. Okay. Now, he said the free SHS secretariat needn't exist. Okay. He mm -hmm. said the free SHS secretariat should not exist. And he also said the 1D1F secretariat was doing the work of the ministry, was doing the work the Ministry of Trade and Industry could do. Okay, now he also said spending cuts had to begin at the presidency, especially as Ghana was seeking economic support from the IMF. Now, it's, a, it's part of a lot of things he said in terms of his solutions or the proposals he gave in terms of solutions. So let's listen to what the former president said as he put together all his proposed solutions to the government. Let me propose some measures on how governments can cast costs. One is the size of government. A big contributor to the excessive public expenditure is the sheer size of government. President Akufuado has been particularly irresponsible in keeping a needlessly large government. At a point, we had over 120 ministers in his government with hundreds of political appointees at the presidency and others attached to ministers and other state organizations. While the president has currently cut down this number, the number of ministers has, has reduced in his second term, there is still room for a further reduction, including merging some ministries to reduce expenditure and cut down the ministers in government to a figure below 65. It's also necessary to trim the large number of political appointees who have sought refuge in the Flagstaff House. This will reflect the necessities of the time and the need for modesty and prudence. Secretariats and agencies. There are also too many agencies created overnight by this government without any functional necessity that need to be scrapped or merged for efficiency to ensure savings to the public purse. For instance, we have a free SHS secretariat. 
Meanwhile, the Ghana Education Service has adequate capacity to handle the implementation of the free SHS policy without the wasteful existence of another secretariat. Again, why create and staff a one district, one factory secretariat with new project vehicles and other cost items when the Ministry of Trade and Industry has an industrial development unit that is well placed to enhance the industrialization policy of government? The National Entrepreneurship and Innovation Program, the National Employment Agency, MassLock, Ghana Enterprise Agency, and the many other agencies could be merged into one entity under the Ministry of Labor, Employment and Labor Relations. Because they all have similar overlapping functions which the ministry is mandated to undertake. The so-called Special Development Initiative Secretariat and the accompanying development authorities, Coastal Development Authority, Middle Belt Development Authority, Northern Development Authority, All these must be scrapped. And their supposed functions should be sent back to the Ministry of Local Government and the Metropolitan and District Assemblies. And be sent back to the Metropolitan and District Assemblies, whose work they have usurped only for sloganeering purposes. Local level infrastructure development of local level infrastructure has always been under the purview of district assemblies. All that is required is the timely release of their common fund and any other additional resources that they will be well placed to under and, and they will be well placed to undertake their responsibilities effectively. The functionaries are already in the districts. They already know their functions which includes taking care of poor people and persons with disability. Mr. President, just give them their funds to develop our communities. The MMDAs are by far better custodians of local economic development than the development authorities. Let us empower them. The next place to cut is Office of the President. The budget of the Office of the President has ballooned over the last six years from a little over 700 million Ghana CDs to 3.1 billion Ghana CDs in 2022. For expenditure rationalization to be successful, it must start first with the President's office. 
I believe that substantial savings of more than 1 billion CDs can be made by slashing the budget of the Office of Government Machinery. So that was uh, former President John Mahama. We'll, we'll, we'll get back to him in a bit. Concerning your thoughts and comments on 0549986996, what did you make of his speech? Were you pleased, happy, upset, indifferent? Did he, did he voice your sentiments? Did he, when you listen, like I said, how, how, how did you feel about it? Did you feel he carried his points out well? Did you feel he sympathized with you? You can send in your comments on 0549-986-996. It's still the City Breakfast Show. Uh, your money follows shortly. Your money is brought to you by CBG. CBG, we stand with you. It's been a very, very interesting week. <laughs> the time when Kokui had a very despondent air about the segment but it's friday we've made it here we thank god for that so coming up next is your money the best things in life are free and Kofi, what's uh what's on your menu today i don't know to, for some reason the the lyric in that song just hit different today the best things in life are free so okay. maybe you know, if you're finding that your pocket is a bit uh, light and maybe you don't have as much disposable income to spend on entertainment, maybe try thinking about finding joy in things you don't have to pay for, you know? Yeah, the best things in life are free. Well, do you agree? Do you agree? Maybe quality time with people you yeah. love, you know, enjoying nature or at least what's left of it, maybe not in this Accra, maybe you'll have to go outside the city, in which case you will have to spend a bit of money, but at least once you get to a place where there's some nice greenery and nice scenery and you can reflect about life, that's free. Mm-hmm. Just taking Quality time, family. yeah, taking the time to, people in, to sniff in some life. flowers and, and smell the coffee and just think about the positive aspects of life that we are blessed with that really don't cost much money. Okay, well, maybe I'm sounding a bit too esoteric today. But, okay, um, and let me recap one of the tips we had about non-essential travel. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we, t- we said that yesterday with the fuel prices, and I actually do have to buy petrol today. I, I came to work with my lights, so, yeah, I'll go in search of petrol this afternoon. But, I think, yeah, we could all take a lesson from just appreciating those things in life that are special that we cherish that don't cost money you know i think so mm. Mm. Right, that's your money your money brought to you by cbg cbg we stand with you Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. 
8.32, welcome back. This is the City Breakfast Show. So let's get back to the former President John Mahama talking about or giving uh, some suggestions um, as to what the government can do to turn the current economic situation around. Before the break, he was speaking about the size of government and then seeing what can be done, pruning the excesses in terms of the size of government. So let's get back to his speech and get the rest of his solutions. And certainly the use of chartered aircrafts for presidential travel must be one of the first items to cut. Checking waste and corruption. We need to introduce stricter public financial management guidelines and regulations. A tougher sanctions regime must be introduced to check the hemorrhaging of about 17 billion Ghana cities every year as contained in the Auditor General's report. This must be vigorously enforced to curtail the appalling waste and corruption that the Auditor General unearths every year. Everything must be done to win the fight against corruption. It is quite clear that government has lost its will in this fight. It is a notorious fact that corruption appears to be defeating the government of Nana Akufuado. Indeed, it is fair to say that there really has been no real fight put up against corruption under the Akufuado administration. The graft and misapplication of public funds by government appointees calls for radical action and not shielding of these perpetrators, as we have sadly witnessed in the last few years. The next is suspension of non-essential projects. All non-essential projects, such as the 116 million euro new Accra International Conference Center and the construction of new embassy buildings for new missions abroad must be suspended for now. The public funding of the National Cathedral The public funding of the National Cathedral, particularly at this time, must stop. Being a Christian myself and deeply appreciative of the centrality of God in national affairs, I agree with most Ghanaians who believe that the project cannot constitute a top priority of government at this time. Warranting further injection of scarce public funds. If it must be built, it must be built with private funds. Because of the non-transparency of the processes of procurement associated with the National Cathedral Project, I believe that the project should be subjected 
to a value for money audit in order to open the way for believers who wish to contribute to its construction to do so. Because the estimated $400 million needed for a project like this is gargantuan. And for those who wish to contribute to it, they must be given the assurance through a value for money audit that every CD that they put into this project is worth putting in the project. And this for MPs. Similarly, the proposed building of constituency MPs, uh, offices for MPs should be shelved for now until the economy is out of the woods. <laughs> I suggest that in the interim, office space can be found within the district assembly offices or other government buildings for the purpose of MPs' offices for the meantime until the economy can support, you know, uh, separate uh, offices, decent offices for them. In our current economic state, public funds must go into projects that are necessary and which meets the pressing needs of our people in our communities. Such projects must have tangible and measurable impact on job creation and national development. If it's not too late, we can pull out of hosting the All-Africa Games. If it's not too late, as it would severely <laughs> stretch are already precarious finances by hundreds of millions of CDs. Public procurement. There must be a greater transparency in public procurement. As a result, value for money audits and assessments must be made of all projects procured by sole sourcing or restrictive tendering. We should institute a strict an irrevocable precondition for government and parliamentary approval of all public contracts and transactions above an agreed value. Stabilizing the currency, cutting the import bill, and job creation. My brothers and sisters, the above remedies represent some of the short to medium term proposals for governments to mitigate the collapse of the imminent collapse of our Ghanaian economy. There's, however, the need for broad, long-term economic governance and structural reforms that will guarantee sustained socioeconomic growth for our country and help us avoid some of the mistakes that have led us to this perilous point. Our governance structure and institutions are in urgent need of reforms to make them more responsive and in tune with the aspirations and hopes of the Ghanaian people. We have known for decades that the economic model and structure we operate cannot deliver the needed developments, and certainly not at the pace that we desire. We do not stand a credible chance among the Committee of Nations if there are no fundamental shifts in our economic structure, which has remained a raw material producing 
and heavily import-dependent country. Revisit Operation Feed Yourself. General Achampo, despite the depraved corruption that swallowed him up in later years, was off to a good start in the early part of his regime. The Operation Feed Yourself and Operation Feed Your Industries programs yielded massive results during the period from 1972 through to 1976. Another student of Nkrumah and an ardent supporter of General Achampo was a man called Daniel Augustus Lati, simply known as Dan Lati, of blessed memory. He formed the GCPP in his attempt to run for president. The central plank of the economic policy of his party, GCPP, was domestication. He was unable to articulate the vision as eloquently as one would have wished. But the chickens have come home to roost, and today we are faced with the effects of neglect of the diagnosis that was made years ago about the structure of our economy. We do enormous damage to our currency, the CD, and our economy when we spend billions of dollars on the importation of rice, sugar, tomato products, frozen fish, poultry, meat products, and vegetable cooking oils. And yet we have the potential, more than the potential, to produce many of these products here ourselves and even export. It is estimated that foreign exchange outlay for importation of food products for which we have a comparative advantage to produce locally amounts to some $3 billion every year. Every year we spend over three billion, almost $3 billion importing the things that we can produce, rice, chicken, oil, tomato, fish. It is, it is said that out of adversity comes opportunity. Restriction of importation of some of these products side by side with increased local production is a realistic proposition that we need to begin to consider at this time. There must be prioritization and strategic investments in private, large-scale commercial production of these commodities that I have mentioned. We cannot sustain progress in agricultural production based only on the support of small-scale producers. Government must support large-scale commercial agricultural production. To achieve food self-sufficiency, and to cut down our huge import, food import bill. We must look at the entire value from production to processing to marketing. Also leveraging the petroleum and energy sector. It is not beyond us to do this, as we demonstrated a few years ago when we built a gas processing plant at Etuabo. The construction 
of the Echabu gas processing plant has led to a 61% reduction in the importation of light crude oil, which we were using to fire our thermal plants. And it has resulted in an annual savings of about $300 million every year. The plant also supplies about 50% of the nation's LPG needs, the cooking gas that you use, 50% is produced by the Atalba plant. So this combined, the LPG production and the production of gas, leading to a stoppage of importation of almost 300 million has helped to reduce our forex outlay. Can you imagine if we had to spend 300 million uh, uh, this year, in addition to the current problems we're facing uh, with our foreign exchange? Thanks to the vision of President Atamil's of blessed memory. We would have been in a far worse situation at this time if this plant had not been built. We must expand the capacity of the Ghana National Gas Company to extend its distribution pipelines. As a matter of agency, there is the need to revamp the thermal oil refinery and ensure that the refinery processes our domestic crude oil as we started to do under my administration. Before we left office, we delivered the first consignment of locally produced Ghanaian crude to the Tema Oil Refinery for refining. This will not only help prevent fuel shortages, but will also reduce the demand for foreign exchange cover to import finished products. Significantly, it will reduce it. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is You're listening to the City Breakfast Show. Sending your comments on 0549-986-996. So that was the former president, John Mahama. It was a portion of uh, his speech from yesterday's event, Mm. building the Ghana we want. In terms of uh, pages, the speech was 39 pages long for those who are interested in those kinds of details. Mm. But what we played was was a good chunk of it, about, let's say, a sizable chunk. Mm -hmm. And... So he mentioned the size of government. He says government needs to trim its size. Mm-hmm. Called for emerging of some of the agencies that he felt were duplicating roles and functions. And he felt that if we cut off the excesses, it would help. He talked about more local consumption. Some of the things we've all spoken about. 
building industry, consuming more of the things we eat, mm -hmm. producing more of the things we need here to essentially take the burden of the city's um, the city and this city exchange dollar thing we are city dollar exchange thing we are doing. Of course, that fed into the larger bit about changing the structure of the economy. So if we are doing all of this, we are aiming at changing the structure of the economy, doing more production, less importation, and essentially becoming more self-dependent. Mm -hmm. And then he spoke about priority projects. In this lean times, what should we focus our money on? The money that we don't have, that we are going to borrow, what should we use that money for? In his estimation, he felt at this time, the National Cathedral Project should be put on ice a bit, should be put on ice at this time. Then he said something that really interests Godfrey and interests me and a lot of the people in the sporting world. He says, if it is possible, we should, we should not take on the burden of hosting the Africa Games next year because that's a lot of money. And at this time, it will be a huge burden on our finances, trying to host the rest of Africa at this time. He said, if he had his way, we would not take up that burden. So essentially, those are the main pointers from the bits we played. Mm. You know, if you listen to the full speech, before then he had like laid the groundwork, situated things That's in context. Dr. Kesalato Forsen. Yes, but I don't think we'll hear him. Himself, yes. We'll hear Dr. <clears throat> Kesalato Forsen. Um, but what is it about, just if I get deeper into this, this is fascinating. What is it about politicians when they're in opposition? This sounds so sweet. I know. We've got <laughs> all the answers. Everybody says they, they sound so sweet when they're in opposition, <laughs> you know. And, but yesterday, um, the former president, um, I think raised a lot of points that have been discussed in various quarters. Um, most of the points were not new. Um, there are proposals that have been in the public space for some time. Um, those in industry have been talking. On this show, we've spoken about the need to industrialize, the need to, um, for the state to focus more on a Greek. Um, the large size of the government is something that has been reiterated. Mm -hmm. It's been said severally. Yeah. Um, Even yesterday, the Daily Graphics <coughs> front page talking about capping ministers at what was it? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Yes, thirty-five. He said captured. he said sixty-five. Yes. You know, so quite a, a lot of the things he said um, are things that are already part of our current discourse as we look to find ways of extricating ourselves from this uh, economic hardship that we 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 are we are in. And it's good that it's come from um, somebody of that. Stature, mm -hmm. so to say, mm -hmm. the former president um, heads uh, the largest party outside of the ruling party in the country. So, what he says should matter. Mm. Okay. Um, one thing that I found instructive was how the difficulty, and it's it's something that I think as part of our governance process and part of our democracy, we need to get over um, this difficulty in reaching out across corridors to have conversations mm -hmm. where he spoke about the difficulty in sitting down that is his side and the government side at least even through backdoor channels to have conversations about okay can we exchange ideas on what to do next i think that the very scorched earth nature of our politics means that a lot of bridges have been bent over the years, between the MPP and NDC. Unfortunately, this would have been the time where we needed bridges. Uh, he spoke okay. about that. Uh, yes. Not the way I've described it, but he said it would have been good. But it has not been possible because of the way we have conducted our politics. But I felt that it is true. It is key that at this point, 
you are able to exchange ideas because the way our democracy moment. Okay, so what one party does, the other party will also suffer from it or will benefit from it either way. So there needs to be uh, clearer channels of communication between the two. The, the, the collaboration might not be a good word to use, but some level of consensus on some significant things. Um, some things should not be subject to debate when it comes to those two sides. There should be some common ground. So for me, that was also an important takeaway. Um, on um, the point that you raised for me, like I said, a lot of the things he raised yeah. were things we've discussed. But the new one he brought in was for me was the move to move the All-Africa Games. And it's something I've been alluding to for some time, even on the newspaper review. Um, it has looked to me for some time that we are not ready. We went for an Africa exim loan of $174 million. We are remo- taking that out of the 700 and something million we got from the Africa exim to build infrastructure, not run the games, so to build, build infrastructure. the infrastructure for the All-Africa Games. $174 million at the state that we are in right now. Okay. It's, it's, if you look at the nature of the All-Africa Games as compared to a Pan-African Games or Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games or the World Cup, it doesn't bring in as much because it's very difficult to even travel within the continent already. So you don't, you're not going to have a lot of people, fans travel. The athletes, if they come, will be paid for by the state. So it's very difficult to get those ones coming. So, uh, I think it's a very, very good conversation. And my sources tell me that the state has already made moves to ask that the games be moved to 2024 because they cannot do it in 2023. <laughs> that's what you've picked mm. up. Yeah, that's what I've picked up, that they want the games moved. They've been negotiating with the African Union to move the games to 2024 because if I decide to break this out, you realize that a lot of things were not sought through. The games are in August. The University of Ghana assistance now, where a lot of the athletes are supposed to stay, their calendar is in a mess right now. They don't know. They're on strike. No, no, it's in that. The 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 time time frame. For construction to be done, you know that part where they call the diaspora? Yes. Mm -hmm. Of the University of Ghana. That's the Games Village. That's the Games Village. When are you moving the University of Ghana students for them to come? For the athletes to come and sleep in? You understand? For construction, even to have, because they need to improve their facilities. Mm You cannot say the students of the University of Ghana should leave for you to come and build while school is still in session. And school is still in session. The University of Ghana does not have a long vac anywhere in between, now and then. Then there's the matter of the games happening two weeks before the World Athletics Championships. No superstar athlete will come no and sure. run in, in yeah. Ghana. Two weeks to, a two world weeks to championship. the World Championships. There's no money being paid here. The World Athletics Championships pays money. Okay, So for an event where you, are, you end up investing by the time you are done, close to 200 to $220 million. In an economy like this, it does not make sense for now. So it's a push. It's the one proposal he makes that I can put my neck out and say, look, this one, let's do it. It should not be hard to say, look, let's move. So I'm hoping that that conversation that has been started, that I've heard has been started, they are able to see it through. Other than that, good calls um, from uh, the former president. I see. Yeah. I mean, I agree. Um, I think his calls for downsizing in particular, yes, it's not as if it's a new call that we've heard, but it, it, it does make sense, doesn't it? I mean, according to him, you know, why have a separate secretariat for something that the Ministry of Education should be able to handle? I mean, that's just one example. But in, in the situation in which we face ourselves, if we're trying to be more fiscally prudent, obviously you look at the areas where you can cut first to make those savings. And 
I mean, from what he was saying, there already exists the, the structures that are needed to kind of implement some of these, uh, these policies. And, you know, we've heard, um, that people who call for reviews of things, um, say that because they want those things cancelled. But I don't think that's what he was saying last night. I think all he was saying was, well, there's probably a more efficient way to run some of these same policies without cancelling them, but still being able to save some resources mm-hmm. in the process of restructuring. So, I mean, that, 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 that's prudent enough. Um, he had his usual charm with humor splashed and laced in there, but I don't think that detracted from the substance of the address and some salient points. And yes, people would probably raise the question of A. So if, <laughs> if it, all, all the solutions are this simple, Mr. Mahama, where was all this, you know, during your time? But I guess different regime, different challenges, right? And the challenges we're facing now, um, are at least in recent times, unprecedented. So perhaps he's had a chance to look at the situation and proffer these solutions. And um, I don't know if he's hoping that this will be the catalyst for a meeting <laughs> <laughs> with, at, at, yeah. at, the, at, uh, at Jubilee House. But um, it will be interesting to see what the response to this will be because we're expecting the president to address us. Um, so it will be interesting to see whether he directly responds to some of the, the, the things raised by former President Mahama or whether his address takes a total diff- totally different line. But we'll all be watching, mm, won't we? We'll, yeah. we'll all be watching. Samens is joining us. Samens, hi, good morning. Morning. How are you doing? Not bad, not bad, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> Your take on uh, former President Mohammed's speech from last night? Uh, I think it was um, it's a timely speech. Let me say timely. Um, why do I say that? Um, Godfrey made a point. The elements of the speech are known to most people. Um, various bodies, various professional professions, um, markets, you know, have voiced this point. most of these points. But let's go back five years and ask this question. If John Mahama had made the same speech five years ago, mm-hmm. how would Ghanaians have taken it? People would have just dismissed it. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's around 2017. Yes. So this is just the start of people will say a ah, new administration. So you have all these solutions <laughs> and we didn't you know, but we have been caught up with a certain kind of reality. And what he has done is, with the benefit of his own experiences, he now picks the point, puts them together, and makes a, present- a presentation. Now, what's different from other presentations that? Um, John Mama has made. He spent time putting across what he described as possible solutions. And I think that's very healthy for, for any okay. statesperson to do. You understand? And I say it's timely for John Mahama to do that. And for Nana Kufado, I think that it's long overdue. Wow. It's timely for John, long overdue for Nana reason is, if you go back and you go through the reasons that the president gave Mm -hmm. for having this number of appointees appointees and ministers, he said that because he had a task that he needed to execute and he needed more hands. Fast forward, have you been efficient in executing the task? I'm not the one to answer. (laughs) So, 
again, if you have what is considered by many as an overbloated um, number of appointees, and you go around looking for funds to manage the economy, mm -hmm. the funds that you are looking for, they are not under your control. The IMF, you don't control the IMF. But what you control is the people you appoint. So cut down the number of appointees, I think is no rocket science at all. And John Mahama just made this point of redundancies and replication yes. of, of tasks. Of task I mean, in all, in all fairness, this is a problem that we've had with most governments. Creation of several offices, secretary... Totally un unnecessary. Instead of strengthening the institutions of state responsible for some of these functions, mm -hmm. we run parallel institutions and we actually direct funding to those mm -hmm. parallel institutions that have no institutional memory, have no experiences, and mm -hmm. sometimes have no expertise... So you have a local government ministry and then you put up a development authority or development whatever in uh, a ministry and they run parallel. Look at the core staffing of the local government uh, 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 ministry and the competences versus the new ministry. See which one comes first in terms of efficiency. So we're saying that all these things now our backs against the wall. What do we do first? And I think the call for the president to reduce the number of appointees should be heeded too. I mean, the majority said that they should remove um, uh, what was, what was the, the, finance the finance minister. I don't think that is the point. It goes beyond that. It goes beyond that. It's not just the finance minister. Some more ministers Some must more. go. <laughs> I am telling you, some more ministers must go. Is it, because, is it based see, on competence or the fact that they are redundant it's based to the on, system? It's based on the outcomes yeah. of their performances, okay. as we experience. You know, as for a third world country, the finance function, you are just a custodian of the money that That's has been generating, <laughs> that generated over the period through the efforts of other, in, uh, other ministries. Okay. If you don't have the money inside, there's nothing to manage. I see. Okay? And we talk about changing the structure of the economy. I'm not so sure about changing the, the structure of the economy. The structure of the economy, there's no problem with it. It's efficiency, efficiencies and redundancies in the structure that we need to address. Because we are supported mightily by agriculture and mm. informal trade. Agriculture and informal trade. I think that the state farms idea should come back. Okay. The food distribution idea should come back. Why do I say that? The, the larger portion of our agri-industry practice is subsistence in nature. Okay. So that's why banks are not don't find it attractive to give money to somebody who has Farming just one food. acre. Yes. Himself. Because they just can't pay back. But if we come with the state farms and cooperative farming idea 
and widen the scope, banks will now have confidence in dealing with businesses that are agribusiness in nature. Which is interesting, just to add, um, two days ago I was somewhere where there was some, in discussing the 1D1 efforts, the mm-hmm. person said, in analyzing, he, she was surprised that they hadn't gone with the cooperative model mm-hmm. where the farmers themselves... fruit. Because in India, that's what happens. In Brazil, that's what ah, happens. So that they are part together. Yeah. together. In Indonesia, in Malaysia, Co-ops. that's what happens. Co-ops. So she said that, that would have been the key. Mm-hmm. And it's so seamless. One it's so seamless. You, you see, the other thing is food distribution. Mm. Let's have a food distribution company. Oh, it <laughs> went bonkers long ago. But what I'm saying is that the farms are producing. So if somebody told, told you that, oh, people are producing, that is true. Their biggest problem is access to market. They produce and there's nobody to buy. And it gets rotten. So if we can re-engineer the structure where there's ready market, even for people who have small-scale farming. That's something to say for, for our effort. Okay. So for me, our great ministry, trade ministry, they all have questions to answer. That is what I was about to they ask. They all have questions your... to answer. It's not just the finance minister. They all have, they all have questions, questions to answer. The market people went to shut their shops. Mm-hmm. Oh? Yeah, they did. They did it in Kumasi. They did it, you know. They did, it. did you hear any trade minister saying anything? When the good. rice farmers were shouting last two weeks or so, no, did you no, hear no, that no, great no, minister no, say anything? So I'm saying that, yes, if by what the majority know, they think that their finance minister must go, it's a good call. No question about it. But I say that it goes beyond the finance minister. There are other ministries that should shut shop straight. Some of them should be merged. Apart beyond the ministries, the government agencies, some of them, in fact, the people themselves who are running the thing know that they are redundant. <laughs> the people themselves know that they are redundant. You see, where we are, we can't play games anymore. We can't play games. You, the thing that is under your control, you don't do it, but you leave that one and go looking for money to come and do what again. While we are looking for the money, let's start with cutting down the size. You see, as for cutting down the size, the president has to do it. If the if the finance minister has to go, he has to go. But other ministers will also have to go. Some must be shut down. And some ministries should be shut down. Some should be merged. Some agencies should be scrapped completely. I mean, it, 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 you see, it's hard, it's hard to take... John Mama to come and say this thing for people to start panicking. And I won't be surprised if by now somebody is on some radio something insulting John Mama. I won't be surprised at all. Because this is how we have cultured ourselves in the last 20 years. That when somebody speaks, instead of analyzing, we, we yeah. should insult. Then when we insult, then our party will say, yeah, why are they pa? I mean, we should grow up as a country. We should grow up. See, whether MPP, you like it or not, what your mama has said, the global community will take it very seriously. They will take it very seriously. So, go ahead of yourself and start reducing the numbers. 
That's the first port of call. Because I think eventually you may be forced to do it. If somebody is giving you money, it could be part of their conditionalities. Well, maybe, maybe not. But, I mean... The thing is, it, we all mean well. I don't think that Nanado does not mean well for this country. Whatever Nanado would do, whether you maintain Kenoforata or not, it has to end by giving people more hope that something will change. There are certain things that cannot change if the personality that is driving it is not, is not changed. Mm. You can skirt around it all you like, but the integrity that goes with it is, will people believe you if you don't make certain physical movements? I mean, they, they say that take the the... Um, take the Minister of Finance away. Take the Minister of State for Finance away. And I'm asking, what, what kind of request is that? How about the deputies? <laughs> no, how about the deputies? If majority wants the function of the finance ministry, the people who are driving, I think all of them should go. Not just single the two people out. But all the ministers... All the ministers there should go. And then let's go to the other ministries where they have three deputies and all these things. They should cut them down. Let's go to the government agency. They have three, four deputies. For what? So we need to be realistic on this call. We need to be very realistic. Reminds me to that point you made a few weeks ago that we need to tell ourselves the truth. We are a poor country. So we need to be very wise on how we use our resources. Yeah, I mean, that's one we can do. As for that one, we can do. Because, see, if you if you're going to calculate how much it takes to keep one minister of state or one minister in a year, that's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. I mean, right in this studio, we've talked about the need to review the senior secondary school policy. Mm-hmm. Not because... We don't think it's a good idea. The policy itself is good. We don't have the money to sustain it the way we are going. That's all we are saying. Now, if we don't have the money, do we kill ourselves? Review doesn't mean they stop giving them food. I mean, the first, I've always said, the first thing they should do is to remove that free SHS secretariat. Throw it away somewhere. Because it takes money to maintain it. And you mean the whole Ministry of Education, Ghana Education Service, there's no unit that can handle this free SHS? Oh, please. When, when FCUB has been run out of the same, the same place. The same place. The same. Yeah, <laughs> so there are things that we did out of the initial energy that, you know, Nanado came, we needed to do this. At least you've had one term. Exhausted one term. You know what is working, what what is is not working. Second term, now you know that we do not have the money to execute all. Coupled with that, we've had COVID. We've just come out of COVID. We have uh, uh, Ukraine. You have uh, uh, Russia, Ukraine issues. You know, they are real. So if we have to be efficient, let's start by cutting down. Cutting down. You know. You said you have said this on several occasions. Godfrey, you've said it on several occasions. Many other people have, right? 
But the political discomfort that comes out of this now is the fact that John Mahama has said it on this platform. So now, be. if it shouldn't be, but now it's um, it's it will seem as though because I w- I'll be surprised if the government hasn't thought about this or doesn't even know that they're going to do it or maybe hasn't even planned. Maybe they've actually even okay. planned that they're going to downsize. But the fact, the mere fact that but last but night John Mahama is the one who said it, it now it now becomes like ah, if they end up doing it ah, oh no, Mahama so yeah, Mahama yeah. the Nigerian passport. <laughs> but <laughs> but you understand? Well. That's what I'm saying. Is the political discomfort of it now? You know, because now it looks like hey, so Mahama had to say it so, before blah blah blah. So, so, so now, said, yes, you see, perspective. He said for John Mahama, it is timely. Yes. But for the president, it is long overdue. Yes. So this is something that we should have been... Should oh, have it's, it's the, the, ta- the <laughs> incrementally. <laughs> incrementally. Yeah. And Mr. President, there are some people... You see, in life, in life, generally, and generally speaking, it's very dangerous to keep people around you who think they have nothing to lose. People who think they are nothing to lose. Mr. President, tomorrow, if you are no more president, you'll be shocked at the kind of people you have invested in in the last six, seven years who will give you away. I'm telling you. President says loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Some of them, yes, sir. Oh, Mr. President, Mr. Omobua. President, If you have to deal with it, deal with it because you are the leader. Deal with it because tomorrow, when you are out of power yeah. and you start thinking through your days as a president, some of the things you are going to regret is the people you gave them, you had to bend backwards for them that they still took you for granted. So, I think that is a, is a healthy call by uh, President Mahama. Um, we also admit that. A lot of the things that he has said, including some of the solutions, are things that have been in the system already. But coming from him, that takes it a notch higher. Yes, it holds greater weight. People take this very seriously. And let's not joke. People take this thing very seriously, including the international community. Now, you see, sitting on a radio station and dismissing it, 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 it doesn't mean anything because the international investor is read is not reading from from your lips. They are reading from Bloomberg. They are reading from Reuters. They are reading from Financial Times, and these are some of the things you read there. And people believe they don't believe propaganda. They don't. Your propaganda. Some of the propaganda here is so weak. <laughs> and we are so quick to personalize issues. We personalize issues. I'm sure some of the citizens, eh, oh, oh, Papa no kasa no kwa gondi kwasa some fan kwasa some in free hornum. The people do yeah. that. <laughs> Since last night, I've just been scanning people's yeah, reactions. That's it. Can tell. But if you like, track some of these people who make such utterances. Track them to wherever they stay, where whatever they do. You see, they did themselves. They are not into anything proper. That's why they can look into the face of an elderly person and insult just like that. Uh, we, we shouldn't be reading such, such things here. I'm telling you, if all you are doing is insulting, why should we give you the, the, the platform to insult people? It is a country we have to manage, and we are all Ghanaians. So if there's some suggestion or solution which we find logical that will bring value, why not? we should go for it. But I'm just saying that the thing is we don't have money. We don't have money. That is a reality. We don't have money.
and we don't control the money like the Western countries do. They, they print their own money. We don't print any money. But there's something that is under our control, our agriculture, our tourism, mm -hmm. our entertainment. Our entertainment. We've talked about this thing. And, then and the size of government, we can trim down. And you can it. trim down. This thing of, oh, we are going to bring investors. We are going to bring investors. Only last week, one major shop, is it game or something? Yeah, something? Games, yeah. Game. What was the story again? They were, they were closing up. They were and closing going up. where? They were going home. They are going yes. back to going where they back, came back from. To, they, they may come back when the economy improves. But guess what? <laughs> Many years ago, when A-Life had his problem, if we had helped him to stand and grow bigger, we would have had A-Life still here. Ghana, they will kill you. <laughs> they will kill the Ghanaian and then promote the foreigner. But the foreigner, when times are hard they like this one, leave. they will shut shop and say bye-bye at the airport. When they go, they go and say nonsense about us in their country. This is the country we live in. So let's learn to look inward, grow our own competencies, and make sure that we are building the country from within. Because nobody will build it for us anyway. It's our own country. You see, will you see Sam, this one, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry, for providing. He says, so the Ghana Education Service has a full division called Secondary Education Division that is manned by a full-time director who qualifies to become DG of the GES. The division is redundant. Because of the free senior high school secretariat. Wow. Yeah, so just, they are just chilling there. Mm. So maybe that's in the structure of the GES, there's a dedicated portion that is focused on secondary education. The ministries, look, I mean, if anybody tells that our ministries are not properly set up, they are lying. Oh, they, they are. Oh, the ministries, yeah. Oh, there's a structure. The structure yeah. is there. Yeah. The efficiency is different. You are talking exactly. about competency and efficiency. The efficiency is different. As, oh! That one. Yeah. We have everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The efficiency is if, different. If we, we see, I, 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 look, this thing is just becoming overwhelming. It's becoming overwhelming. This redundancy and replication thing is the first place we should tackle. We can't keep these things there and pretend to be solving any problem. We can't. But, but the other time, sorry, the other time, me and you were talking about South Africa and Kenya. Yeah. But you can't take dollar. Yeah. And just walk into a place that I have come to change my dollar. And then they will clap for you and change for you. How about them? Even Nigeria. They will take your passport, scan it first. Because they have to record it. But Ghana, we've let everything loose. The only one company that would decide that, as for me, I want to do things right, you, you'll be a laughing stock. You see, so all the little, little things that we have, we have let lose is coming back to bite us. So, yes, I don't have anything else to say about what President Mama said because all the things, including the solutions that he has suggested, are things that are known to us. And I am saying that the only thing that John Mahama did not add is that, okay, Mr. President, I know... A, a company in Iran that will give you free money to do the so and so and so. That's why he didn't say. Because there's no such there's thing no anywhere. Money anywhere. But what we can do is we can reduce the size of government. We can reduce the size of government. And Mr. President, start from the ministers. Start from the ministers. 
and then we come to the agencies. I mean, you see, at times when we come into the studio, we mention agencies. When you enter, eh, Munamoti studio, Namose Dena. One day, somebody, somebody randomly met and said, eh, I hear you say what? I said, but I've gone to more school than you, so what are you talking about? If I like, come into the studio, and let's talk. <laughs> he said, oh, now I've got a car. I said, no. Why are we sit here? We are not, yeah, we are not joking. joking. We are not joking. This is we are not joking. The fact that you have a political appointment does not make you wiser than the people in the studio. At all, it doesn't. So don't don't think that you have a political appointment. So you are you are you are wiser. I belong to this party. I'm a party executive or whatever. So I I I, I hold a better value in life than you. Who, who who told you that? We have all chosen the fields we find ourselves in, and in the field that we find ourselves here, we are required to contribute. To the, to, the, to the conversations around building of this country. And that's what we will do every day. So our call is that the president should reduce, first of all, the ministers. The, ministers. Okay. the ministry, some of them should go. The ministers, too, some of them should go because they are not performing. The thing that they said they will do, they haven't done. Some of the ministers, they believe that they are untouchables. I'm telling you, some of them too, Mr. President, they actually believed, they, 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 look, they know that they have nothing to lose. Country broke, country no broke. And I've said, and let me repeat, Mr. President, in 2025, in the year 2025, when God grants us grace with life, you will be shocked to the bone to hear some of the things the people you bent backwards for will say about your own leadership. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. Politics. <laughs> so if you have to take the decision to salvage the situation, please take it now. And Ghana will thank you. You're still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Your comments are welcome on 0549-986-996. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, we have more for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS.
926. Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. The Ghana Revenue Authority is on a hunt for directors of the following businesses. Supreme Rice Company Limited, Hippo Limited, and JBS Haulage and Construction. Now, the said companies have defaulted in the payment of taxes and duties and all efforts to trace their whereabouts of the directors to recover these outstanding tax liabilities have proven futile, hence the publication of their names. So, uh, the GR is looking for these people, Yahweh Jare, Prince Dagadu, Naneki Asafueji, all of them are directors of Supreme Rice Company. Hippo Limited's directors, Kofi Sapong, Emmanuel Kwabnose, Donko, Isaac Mensabonsu, Kwesia Yerebi Frimpong, and Joseph Osam, and JBS Hollage and Construction, the directors... Uh, Alexander Techieboa and Julius Owusu. The GRS says if you have info on these people, please visit um, their office or the office of the Commissioner General at the GRA head office of Starlet 91 Road near Accra Sports Stadium Ministries or call toll free 0800 900 110 or email that information to info at gra.gov.gh. And the Akosobo International School is a Ghanaian co-educational international institution under the auspices of the Volta River Authority and is marking its 60th anniversary. The two-day event is themed education, uh, um, educating tomorrow's leaders today, happening on the 29th of October at the Akosobo International School from 8 a.m. The chairperson of Dinoho Kwafua Koto III, Omaihene of the Akwemu traditional area, and the guest speaker is the President of the Republic, His Excellency Nana Dodankwe Kufuado. And uh, they are inviting everybody. Come and join us as we celebrate the Akosombo International School. AIS, truth is our light. And talk about education. EdTech Monday is back on uh, your Facebook streams and on City FM on Monday, October 31. is a platform for EdTech entrepreneurs, education stakeholders, and government reps to facilitate critical conversations on the use of technology for teaching and learning. The show is an initiative of the MasterCard Foundation's Regional Center for Innovative Teaching and Learning in ICT and is part of the foundation's strategy to find solutions to Africa's youth employment by closing the gap in access to quality education and uh, advance the integration of technology in education policies and practices across Africa. Now, the MasterCard Foundation has partnered with MEST Africa to bring you EdTech Monday, airing on the last Monday of every month. And so this Monday will be live on the City Breakfast Show at 9 a.m. Uh, so you can catch the feed live at uh, City 97.3 FM or MEST Africa. And when you buy anything, it has to be the very best. Diamond 42.5 hour grade cement is the highest quality cement on the Ghanaian market. Since the year 2000, Diamond has put smiles on the faces of homeowners, block makers, and supported numerous construction projects with their high quality brand that's rated green by the Environmental Protection Agency. Anyone who wishes to buy Diamond Cement should deal with the company directly. You can locate Diamond Cement Ghana Limited nationwide with factories in Aplao, Takradi, and Buipe. Call 0244-313-368. Diamond Cement, still as hard as a diamond. Comments uh, have come in on 0549-986-996. All right. Now, Moman Johnson, who lives in Pennsylvania, says, Good morning, Nathan and Co. The suggestions by the former president are in place, and if followed, will help the economy to rise. Government needs to always put her people first, not partisanship. 
Okay, the former president has spoken the mind of many Ghanaians, but the question is, can he be trusted to implement what he has proposed if he's given a second chance? Okay. Kwame Abwaji in Cape Coast said, give JM power and just ask him to implement the solutions he proposed yesterday. Okay. Nana in Abukubi says, the thing is some way. I remember the president and Baumia sounding like Mahama when they were in opposition. They made so much sense. But today, look at us. I align with Mahama on a lot of things he said, but how will he perform when we vote for him? That's another topic. Okay, Nathan and Tim, good morning. The former president was right on point. This government has been overly wasteful, hence this economic difficulty. They find it so easy to blame COVID-19 and Russia and the Ukraine war while they originated the problem. His Excellency should quickly act on the former president's observations and will be a bit relieved. Okay, that's Jonathan from West. Now, um, KY says, good morning, CBS. The former president repeatedly said things we already know and did not add any significant solutions to the problems we're already going through. Okay. Francis from Tema says, um, oh, that was Francis from Tema. Okay. Um, did Mahama really give that about 39 pages speech off the cuff? I'm finding it difficult to believe. No, no, he didn't. He had, he was reading from a prompter. Okay. Um, Jesse in Sakumono says, um, the suggestions by ex-president Mahama are commendable until we review the constitution and limit what any government can do. We'll only find ourselves in this mess. Our problem is our constitution and the unlimited power it gives the president. Okay. Truth be told, what did President Mohammed say yesterday? Does he truly believe his own words? Didn't he know of Operation Feed Yourself and Danlati's domestication when he was president? Okay. They talk so sweetly to attract the power of the thumb, but they come into office to be deaf and dumb. From the streams of opposition, ideas flow freely like milk and honey. But in power, ideas choke like trash in the Kole Lagoon. Uh, okay. CBS, I heard Godfrey just address an issue of the construction and renovation going on at the diaspora halls ahead of the All-Africa Games. Honestly, this is what's happening. While in your room, you'll see the workers working. Their work produces a lot of dust. When you complain, they don't even listen to you. Just last semester, these workers doing the renovation in Elizabeth Francis Say Hall were cleaning the nets in the hall. Um, dust is not good. I've been listening to this show for the past three years, and this is my first time sending a message. I'm a concerned resident of Elizabeth Francis Say Hall. Okay. Hmm. I agree with some ends on the reintroduction of state farms and food distribution. I actually thought that was what the buffer stock company was set up to do, but they've been very poor at that. Okay. Godfred, my wife's friend. Hey. <laughs> the most ridiculous is the you start secretariat where people are drawing salaries when we don't even have the funds to run that intervention. Don't forget there's an MD Hi. for Ketaport <laughs> who is also drawing salaries month <laughs> on month. Are we any serious group of people? It's a shame. Joe from Winneba says, I support Samenzo's call to sack all those who superintend running the economy aground in the finance ministry. Okay. Alan in Jantan says, I agree 100% with what the former president said, but I think he failed to mention tourism as one of the key areas that we can tap into to earn foreign exchange. Tourism can have a direct and immediate impact on the Ghanaian economy. We started our agriculture, our entertainment, our tourism. The three things. I mean, the three things we can easily do Agriculture, tourism, and entertainment. And we don't even need somebody's money to do it. Agriculture, entertainment, Mm -hmm. tourism. Three things we can do. By all by ourselves. All by ourselves. Backed by policy and just the willpower to do it. And we'll be on point. We promise some theaters. We are still waiting. Hmm. (laughs) Godfred. The entertainment. Hmm. 
They should sack more ministers. They should sack more ministers. If Ken has to go, he has to go with everybody. Not just himself and only himself and Galanze. Everybody there should go. Everybody. And then we should move to other ministries. Those who are just wasting our time, they should go. Those who think that they are entitled to it because uh, my father is this person and my they should all go. Those who think they have nothing to lose, Mr. President, let them go. If they say they think they, are, they have nothing to lose, tomorrow when you are no more in power, they will go and insult you. So let them go now. Because right now, because the economy has become some way, everybody is pissing in, as we say. The three people, let me use this one, and then I'll leave. The three people say something. They say, Oh, wow. So let's listen. <laughs> So let's listen to the City Rock for sure. 0549986996. Let me tell you about the Center for Peace and Reconciliation and why they're organizing a couple's dinner themed Uncover Your Marital Complexity. I see. Hey! Uncover your marital complexity. At the dinner table, you'll be introduced to Count's Med Approach to resolving issues of life and demystifying the complexities of marriage. Now, it's happening tomorrow, the 29th of October, and it will be at the Center for Peace and Reconciliation, which is at number one, Pantang Hospital Junction. Speakers are Dr. Emmanuel Hopson, PhD. And he's a minister, lecturer, counseling psychologist, and he's an ADR and conflict expert. That's alternative dispute resolution. Dr. Epifania Emma Bonsi is a counseling psychologist, lecturer, and marriage counselor. Uncle Ebo White, we all know and love, playwright, author, motivational speaker and marriage counselor and professor Akwesi O Osei who's a psychiatric doctor and expert consultant and lecturer now the cost is 660 Ghana CDs for couples and 330 Ghana CDs for singles registration is still ongoing and you can call 0244-907-190 or go to www.cpr.org.gh and don't let anyone say your business process is at its optimum productivity. No, never. Marketing competition is fiercer, customers are savvier and more demanding, and what used to make a splash can no longer make a ripple. Document Knowledge Business Solutions and its American partner, SSNC Blue Prism, present Kickstart 2023 to showcase their Robotics Process Automation, or RPA, solution. It's a two-country event. The first is taking place on the 31st of October, which is Monday, and it's at 9.30 a.m. at the Cram Marriott Hotel. Now, the other session will be on the 3rd of November 2022 at Azalai Hotel in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Now, you can call 0244-378-319 for more information uh, on this event. So, listen to the CC Breakfast Show. We'll take a very, very, <clears throat> sorry, very quick break. <laughs> when we come back, we've got more for you. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Unleashing the power of relevant radio. This is City 97.3. Welcome back. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Let's talk to our good friends from the Bishop Herman Old Boys Union. 
they have a medical and vet outreach and a prelude to their 70th anniversary celebration interesting so i've been joined by edward edward i am edward i am is a bobu general secretary and i've got professor john jeremiah Krechi. he's a specialist in internal medicine in Wisconsin in the United States and I've got Charles Adam Go who's lead Bobo Medved Outreach and President and is from the 98 year group. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Great, 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 great. Charles, let me start with you. Uh, just give us a few more details about uh, this project. Okay, so um, it's all about giving back to the community that nurtured us mm-hmm. over a period of time that we all spent in, in Bishop Herman. Um, we looked around and said, look, it's our 70th anniversary. Let's start off on a very good note. Let's let it be very impactful. Okay. And we thought that, look, doing a medical outreach to benefit the community, it's the best way to go. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a medical outreach, but also a, a veterinary outreach as well. Okay, great. So um, you've mentioned the project, essentially why, to give back. And who are the targets? Who are the people who you feel you need to reach out through the so program? So primarily we're targeting the, the school community, students not included. Um, it's more about the teachers and their dependents mm-hmm. as well as non-teaching staff and their dependent, And then the surrounding community. Mm, great. Um, Prof, let, let me come to you. Uh, your expectations, what exactly will the team be doing on the day? What are you screening for you know, on, on, on the day? All right, thank you very much. So basically, uh, we are screened for um, some of the uh, basic killers, you know, um, of our of our of our, um, of our uh, communities. Okay. Um, we're looking at um, prostate cancer, which is a, a bit prevalent among we black people, um, and especially people uh, who are at high of high risk, um, 45 and above, who mm-hmm. have a strong family history of prostate cancer. Okay. Um, and the elderly, usually anybody above the age of you know, 50 and above, we're going to screen for that. Um, the other thing we're also looking at is screening for hepatitis B. We know it's one of the causes of you know, liver cancer mm-hmm. and uh, cirrhosis of the liver. And I think it kills very fast um, if one doesn't know um, his or her status. So we're going to screen for that too. The other one is hypertension. This is very prevalent among we black people. Okay. And people are just walking about uh, with blood pressure in the 200. You have no clue about it. Wow. And then, yeah, and the next thing you hear, oh, Odaya Wansari, you hear this has a heart attack, has heart failure. Um, and stroke. And so basically, I think uh, as part of the screening um, process, we don't screen for that and save a lot of lives. Um, the other thing we are we're also considering uh, screening for is basically for breast cancer. I know this month is a breast yeah. cancer awareness yeah. uh, month. So we are taking the opportunity to screen our women, um, those uh, who are at high risk, and then give them the recommended referrals uh, to, get, to get care. Um, the other thing that we might be considering is cervical cancer. We know it's also one of the killers. Most women are walking about, they have, um, you know, some, you know, cervical cancer kind of, um, uh, uh, issues, but they are not aware about. So we're going to screen all of them for that and then give them the right referrals. Mm. Um, other things that we may look at, basic things like malaria, obviously, you know, People are walking about having yeah. a lot of high malaria in their system. They have no clue about because they are so immune to it. Um, we also take advantage and screen people for 
glaucoma and for cataract and okay. those are basic things that can be solved in our community. So this something very little um, we the medical team will will take advantage of and give back to the school that brought us this far. Mm, wonderful. Um, Charles, do you have any partners, sponsors, anybody who's uh, backing you on this? Okay, so we have the Vodafone Foundation. They're powering this um, with the uh, Health Fest. Um, what we're doing is we're providing the medical experts. They're providing all the logistics that we need. We also have a few pharmaceutical companies that are supporting us as well too. If you permit me, I may just mention a few. So Rainier Chemist is giving us some medications. Uh, we also have Tobinko Pharmacy as well. Um, and a few others that, that have supported us for, for this project. All right, let me bring Edward in. Edward, you've been quiet, you've been listening. Let's talk about the climax of the ceremony. When exactly is, is, is that? Yes, so um, as you rightly said, um, we are celebrating our 70th anniversary. We are actually in it and uh, we'll be climaxing at the end of November. And the, the actual day, the grand climax, will be on the 26th of November okay. in Pando, um, on campus, of course. And uh, we're expecting the President of the Republic to, to be with us for the, that it, we are combining it with a speech and prize-giving day. But we'll have a few activities uh, leading up to that. Uh, we have a Bobo Career Day where the Bobo professionals will interact with the students um, on the Thursday. And then on the Friday, we have the Grand Homecoming where we all, you know, storm town and, you know, have a bobobo night, you know, <laughs> leading up to. So, yes, it's going to be a very awesome time for, for all of us. Yeah. I mean, final words, final words to all Bobo out there listening to us and all. Indeed. Um, it's a very important thing. Um, and um, we, we can't buttress or stress the, the importance of an occasion like this to bring us together, to rally all of us. Um, we all know the issues we have on campus and all of that, the infrastructural challenges and all. But that's um, uh, not being a hindrance. We need to come and have fun amongst ourselves. We need to come and, and reunite. And then we also think about what to do for our school, you know, as you know, recently our boys went up to the quarterfinals of of the of the NSMQ, and and gradually we are beginning to rediscover ourselves. Uh, Bishop Herman was a major major institution, not only in Ghana but you know in Africa. So uh, we are rediscovering ourselves, and it's a good time if you are an old student wherever you are. You've got to make time and be with us on campus. Great. Great. Thank you so, so much. That, that should be fun. I'm sure people will get in touch. I'm sure people will give you guys a call or the bobo out there will get themselves together sure. and show up. But guys, thank you so, so much for coming through. We had um, Edward I am. Edward I am is uh, Bobo General Secretary. Secretary. Which year? You didn't mention 97. Year. Bobo 97. 97. Okay. Shout out to all my colleagues out there. <laughs> <laughs> we also had uh, Professor John Jaymar Kretsch. He's a specialist in internal medicine Wisconsin, USA. Which year? Uh, Bobu 94. 94, okay. Yes. And then Charles Adam Go, his lead Bobu Medved Outreach, and he's president of the 98 year group. Yes, so, that's your most recent, yeah. that's, so that's the oldest, yes. the 94. Yes. Yeah, I'm Chichi. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> guys, thank you so, so much. And thank all the you. Best. Thank you very much, too. Thank you, guys. Head. Beggars can't choose, but be picky instead. 95 Blues, kick me, I'm dead. Dead.
cross my T's and dots my eyes. Stress way day my chest I ostracized. Do I teach you man Robert you smell the ties? Me and I dream be a yaka, I'm cutting ties. My jala be a tailor made all customized. My English straight pigeon all bastardized. What I for do? Ignore the bastard guys. I work, they snow, I pass those guys. Thank God it's Friday. Of course my mind they rise and shine your eye. Hustle us wait. All week long we hustle and slave trap the non clays for wages and pay. Cooking in the morning. And sure that Vim day. Weekend so strong helps to shine the weekdays. Mommy say son, well God be praised. Well these days money be wild, we day some way. I bathe in faith, no bathe in apes. A basic case of faith in something great. But still, from six to six with stones and bricks. I build in the future, I hope I live to see him. I barely no sleep, give me some way. Boys, I bread all week, give me some way. Boys, I live in no cheap, give me some way. But thank God it's Friday. Maybe Jimmy need to do so. So listen to the City Breakfast Show. You can send us a message on 0549-986-996. Now let's move it on. We all, listen, we all love to watch movies. I know people who are film buffs. But I still put in with all your time watching movies, films. The sun says marching, so it's five on Friday. And, and these days, you notice, I mean, if you if you watch around, you find that there's a there's a great number of locally produced movies. So I've been joined by two people from the National Film and TV Institute, NAFTI. That's where they shape all the minds that create lovely TV content, lovely content for movies. Movies and I've got um, Cecilia Avoclia. Uh, she's a lecturer at NAFTI. She's been there for what, 10 plus years. Okay, that's interesting. Ten, was my brother? Had my brother completed NAFTI 10 plus years ago? I'll see. Anyway, <laughs> I'll have to find out. And then I've also, I also have Marianne Mante. Marianne Mante is a PRO at NAFTI. Uh, you went to NAFTI, right? Yeah. Great. And you've done 15 years, 15 years and over with TV3. All right. And you are back at the Institute to help out. Ladies, Good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Thank, Thank you. you. Great, great, great. Let's let's let me ask: What really does society expect from an institution like NAFTI? When we talk of movie production, not a lot of people even know that NAFTI exists. Right? Oh. Some people don't. I'm telling oh, you. I know. Some people don't <laughs> at all. People get surprised when when I mention that. So, what do you think society expects from NAFTI when people think about movie production or film production? So, thank you very much. So, for us, the expectation is that um, NAFTI will train qualified people to feed the industry because um, we have the movie industry is growing or the film and television industry is growing. Remember, it's not only film and television. We have advertisers, Mm -hmm. you have uh, creative arts, you have a lot of industries that if you don't get the right people to fit in, we will not be able to make the mark. And so for us as an institution, our aim is to train qualified people and professional people to feed the industry so that our industry will grow. So NAFTI's main thing is to train. Train mm. professionals. Train and train. Yes, and train, train and train. I, think and I, would, I would like to add to that, that NAFTI is a tertiary institution that trains people in film and media. Okay. So we train them in film production, television production, editing, um, production design, uh, multimedia production, and animation. So mm. we train people in all these courses. Sometimes when you mention NAFTI, people think that is an acting school. Ah. But, <laughs> you know, this is a film school that trains people for the media industry in Ghana. Great, great. You know, recently there, there have been reports that NAFTI has been merged with two other institutions to run fully-fledged uni programs. Can you give us some more detail on, on that? Yeah, okay. So for NAFTI, um, before 
were awarded, uh, we, we've been awarding us uh, degrees from the University of Ghana, okay, since 1999. Um, University of Ghana has been the one who has given us our degree mm-hmm. certificates. Mm-hmm. And so um, we merged with Ghana Institute of um, Languages mm-hmm. and Ghana Institute of Journalism. And these three institutions are going to have their own um, certificates being awarded now. So we're going to be an autonomous body that we can award our certificates. So um, that is why we are going to be, we're going to be called the University of Media Arts and Communications. Ah. Yes, so um, that's three campuses. Great. That's where we're going to be called and so we can award our own certificates. Mm. Yeah. You, you mentioned training of people in, in film and TV production and all of that. Let's talk about some of the things some of the works that your students have engaged in or are doing at the moment, you know. Okay, so even if we start from City TV here, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of our students here from producer directors to cameramen mm-hmm. to makeup artists to sound men. Mm-hmm. And so we have trained them so much that in all the media institutions in Ghana, there's no media institution you go to and won't find a NAFTI graduate there. Apart from that, um, we have other students who are producing their own films, and most of the films they produce enter into competitions and win awards. Um, Recently, there was the 48-hour film project at the National Theatre, and the group that competed won, like, seven awards, and so they are doing exceptional stuff out there. Mm, Great. You you know, it's all well and good, giving all this lovely training to people, technical training, professional training, but how is that tailored to promote the Ghanaian culture? Because a lot of people say that when you watch the movies, some of the movies don't, they are not Ghanaian enough. You don't feel the Ghanaian-ness, if there's a word like that, in some of the, the content we see. So how does NAFTI help to produce or promote the Ghanaian culture through the courses you are, you are teaching? I think the, the first mandate of NAFTI is to train people to into the culture of Ghana and then show people their identity. So most of the focus of most of the productions that are produced are geared towards that. The reason why people would talk about the fact that they don't see the Ghanaian culture in all is also because of the infiltration of foreign content that mm-hmm. are on our TV screens, okay. where you're watching all these telenovelas from all these foreign countries, dubbed into Chi, dubbed into other countries, and we are learning... Um, those cultures, you, you see small children singing Indian songs and dancing to <laughs> Indian songs when they, can, they can't even sing one Adua song or something. So that's where the problem is. Another thing that I think is our problem is funding because to be able to produce your own content demands a lot of funding. And in Ghana, we don't have funding institutions that are willing to... F- to invest in films, to invest into some of these uh, projects. And that's why it looks like we are lacking behind and we are falling on this telenovelas to, to fill our, our screen space mm. on TV. Okay. Yes. Let's, okay, so let's talk about numbers. So averagely, how many students, you know, are NAFTI's books as, as, as we speak? How well, many? What's the current student population? Okay, so for NAFTI, we are not looking at huge numbers like UG will have or IP, uh, UPSC will have or GIG will have because it's a specialized institution and a professional institution. Um, we train people, tailor-made training. And so you're graduating about 500 maximum from level 100 to 400 mm. in different badges. So okay. that's, how, that's how much our numbers mm. are. Okay, so because um, you want to have um, an interactive or a session one-on-one for them to engage mm-hmm. themselves properly and also have access to the equipment that are there so they can really come out also. We are not training 
huge okay. <coughs> huge numbers mm. okay, okay so maximum. even to start with you you need to be of a certain skill set you should have the, the the talent for it so yes. not a lot of people are gifted in, exactly in those areas so I come to NAFTI, I, I go through it year one or two to the end. When I'm done, what kind of jobs are available for somebody who's graduated from NAFTI? A lot of jobs. Okay, so you have the photographers are cameramen, mm. TV stations all over looking for them. You have the makeup artists. You also have the directors. You know, you have producers, write, script writers. Not you, to catch, I didn't know the makeup artists who went to NAFTI. I didn't know. Oh, now we've added it. You've it's added. now film... Um, Production design. Production so design. So we have makeup and then we have costuming. I see. Yes, and art direction, which is okay. the set design. Art direction, I know. My younger brother was at NAFTI. He okay. did art direction. Yeah. So I, I All right. So now we, we've added that to it. So that's a whole um, package. package. So oh. after art direction, you can also go into uh, makeup okay. and all that. Um, yeah, so, so these are some of the professions or jobs available that you can I see. go into. Wow. Yeah. So people can, can go into any of the media houses. There's a spot for them. Exactly. People can sound be on production. Their, sound yes, production. You can people can be on editing. Their own too. You can be an editor, you know, still photography and all that. And mm. then online streaming. Now we've introduced um, some courses, short courses, mm -hmm. where professionals or mature people who have it but want to get professional assistance can come in. So we have 10 days short courses where people can walk in and then train in sound um, production, video editing, online streaming. Okay, and it, all this is also tailor-made towards the church. Yeah. We want to improve the church um, um, media. Mm. Ah, and so we have introduced that, and we are inviting all um, um, gentlemen out there. <laughs> well, we have a lot of men, but we also want to advocate that the women who are, are interested in media production should also uh, make it a point to come and then um, ah. have this um, wonderful 10-day session, which is it's actually ongoing. Okay, and by next week we'll be graduating the second batch. Okay. So, so, so how often do you run these these smaller courses, the shorter courses? How often do you run them? Yeah, so for the church media, we have it every other month. Okay. Every other month. So after this October session, we're going to December. We'll have December session as well. We also have the certificate and the diploma courses. So the diploma is a one-year course, and then the certificate is three months. So depending mm -hmm. on where you are in life... You can choose any of the sections to come in. And if you want to, you're done with your senior high and you're looking for a profession to go, four-year degree courses available where you can participate and improve Great. upon yourself. Yeah. Great. So, yeah. I think well, one I'm more talking. course I forgot was broadcast journalism. Ah, so yeah. <laughs> we train broadcast journalists in NAFTI uh, news anchors. They are able to do reporting. Some are able to direct and also mm -hmm. it was one of the courses I missed and I don't mm -hmm. want to let it go like that. <laughs> You're Mary O'Killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, see. I see. I mean, final words to those who are listening to us and maybe would like to get in touch or they want more info. What, what would you tell them? Um, if you're looking for a professional tailor-made training course, I think that NAFTI is the right place. And you're not just going to get theory, but you're going to have a hands-on practice. So when you go out there, it's not just having a certificate, but if you're given the chance to produce something, if you're given the chance to direct something, if you're given the chance to edit, whatever work you're given, you are able to 
do it and do it professionally. And again, we want to mention that we are still selling forms for the certificates and diploma courses. So if anybody is interested, they could get that. And we have the matured registration for those who want to do the matured course, they could also pass by. And the church program, like my sister mentioned, has been running every other month. Okay. So for the churches who are running their medias and they want to learn a few things about streaming and the right ways of taking shots, they are always welcome to NAFTI. And I think we are located at um, East Cantonment, mm -hmm. and they could look for us. There. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you so so I also would yeah. like to say that you can also visit us online if you want to know more about us. Go online to www.nafti.edu.gh, nafti.edu.gh. Visit that online. You find all the um, information there. The forms are also there if you want to buy. You mm -hmm. buy there, or you can call our office. Um, Plus two three three two four four two zero nine five one four, or you use the landline three zero three nine seven four 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 two. You contact us; there will be somebody to receive your call mm. and help you. Great, thank you so so much. Thanks. So I've been speaking to Marian Mante. Marian Mante is PRO of Nafti, and Cecilia Voclia, lecturer at Nafti. So you heard it. Visit their website, give them a call, and go and learn some interesting things. If you are wondering, uh, yeah, yeah, go and learn. You'll be stunned. You'll be amazed at the kind of knowledge you pick up. In this day and age of doing all these wonderful things on social streams, like, go and learn and it'll be good for you. All right, that's our show for today and for the week. My name is Nathan Kwa. I sat in for Benadavle. Many, many thanks for joining us. We always appreciate your time. Earlier you heard Godfrey Akutoboa for you heard Samalata Mensa Samens, and then you also heard Kokui Selomi Hansen. Godfrey Odum gave us help on technical. And show was produced by Fred Jabano and Caleb Kuda.